It is CSP 511 back here on a Monday evening with a packed show for you all. Um, I hope you all enjoyed last week's uh, wrestling, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle show. Uh, that was our, our yearly one of those. Uh, we're going to compensate this week by not talking about wrestling at all, more or less, uh, based on the uh, uh, our, our rundown for the, for the evening's proceedings. Um, I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Barry, joined, as always, by Joe. Hello! And Paul. Hello. I don't remember what happened on Dynamite this week. That's a good start. He was not... To, like, run it down. It was a very... Actually, no, there was some stuff on Dynamite that was worth talking oh, about. Oh, there was the, the thing. Yeah. There was the thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, but it wasn't... It wasn't especially newsworthy, I think, other than one big thing. But anyway, we'll get the to that. Th the thing happened that we've been calling to happen for... I think on last week... On last week's show, we were like, all right, let's... Uh, let's move, move along, move yeah. Bit, and then it moved along. Yeah, so it moved along, and we'll get to that uh, later. As well as all the other usual features you've come to to know and expect from uh, your friends here at the Chair Shop Podcast. What about before we get into anything else, lads? A little bit of life guff. Um, as we come up to St. Patrick's Day, we all excited. Hey? Jesus. Oh, Miss Buds, Miss Buds. Oh, Jeb. <laughs> you know, you know what we're like. Um, yeah, I'm working, uh, and if I wasn't working, there's nothing to do on Patrick's Day anymore. So, uh, what difference does that would that possibly make? Um, yeah, so not much going on in the old life golf front um, this week. I'm still reading plenty of comics. That's been my main uh, new thing I've been doing, sort of for this lockdown. Uh, on the old Marvel app. Um, still reading um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, from the, the, the brand new day era, which I'm enjoying. I just finished kind of a fairly big uh, five-issue run, uh, the character assassination story for any of the comic nerds listening who might, who might know what that is. Kind of pays off a lot of the, the, uh, the stuff that's set up at the beginning of this whole uh, era. Um, there's like a new villain who they establish and they don't give away who it is and that's paid off. There's a mayoral race and there's like someone trying to frame Spider-Man for like serial killings and all that stuff is blown off kind of at the end of, of, of these, these, this four issue run that I just read really good. still really enjoying it. I think it's, it's, um, it's kind of exactly what I, what I, what I'm looking for from, from those. So taking a little bit of break from, from the Spider-Man at the moment, I kind of just kind of look through the app. The app is really good. It's almost the, the only other service it kind of reminds me of is, is it's almost like a sort of Spotify for, for, for comics. And then it's really good at curating playlists and, and, and here's a, here's a reading list. Uh, if you're like me and you don't really know what way to go through things. So I've, I plucked out some things. I started reading, um, one of the earliest kind of standalone Deadpool series, um, just because we watched Deadpool two uh, at the weekend, which I'll talk about in a bit. And I was mm. like, yeah, you know, that's I've 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 read bits and pieces of Deadpool over the years. I've never really liked it. I've never I've never gotten into it. So I said I'll go back to like the, I started reading it. The series is just called Deadpool from nineteen ninety seven, and I'm enjoying it. It's good. It, it's 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 um uh it's it's a breezy enough read, and I'm still reading Punisher as well. Uh, from 2000 so yeah getting good work out of the um uh the the marvel app uh it's kind of part of my nightly routine now i like squeeze in a little spider-man before bedtime to get me to wind down after a long day um 
But yeah, that's been about the peak of the life cup for me, lads. Not much else going on this week. What about yourselves? I've been doing a lot of walking. Uh, Michelle and I had a three um, three day weekend. So we had to, um, well, we watched um, Dynamite, of course. Um, but we also had to go and sort out some Michelle's visa stuff, make sure she's nice and legal <laughs> uh, to stay in the UK. Um, but yeah, as, as we had a lot of time off, we did a lot of walking, which I love. I love a bit of having a good walk, getting my steps in, getting my 9,000 steps a day, which I've not been doing during lockdown. Um, but I now have uh, a blister on my little toe, which is as big as the toe itself. Oh, no. It is, it is. I mean, they are probably the worst thing you can see on your body, other than maybe like mold. Um, <laughs> blisters are just so ugly looking it look, they're disgusting but fortunately this one's that it's not on the bottom of the toe so it doesn't actually hurt when i walk around um, but yeah so i didn't go out for a walk today because i'm just gonna let let me old feet seats have a little rest um getting back in good working order but um yeah that's that's what we've been up to really and other than that just living just bloody living well you're gonna have to get the webcam on for that and give us a look at your no, Mr. Toe. <laughs> oh God, I'm paying not to show it. That would be a, a nice little Patreon gimmick. We'll show whenever we get a blister. We'll we'll do so, a nice that. Sounds more like OnlyFans. Oh God, <laughs> OnlyFans. I, I I get blisters as well the odd time from my big big long walks. Um. I assume yours is on like what the the top outside of the toe. Yeah, I think it must have rubbed against the edge of the shoe. Yeah, so. I get them on the very opposite side sometimes. The the mm. underside of the big toe on on the Ooh. the inside. Not too bad. That's All nice. right, let's let, let's get into the nitty gritty then. What is your toe blister etiquette when you realize you've got a big <laughs> juicy one? Oh, you got a big juicy one. Are you are you leaving it there to heal or are you attacking that mother? Please leave it there to heal. Oh my god! Morning. Now, in the past, when I've had really bad ones, what I try is just ha- like soak them in a nice hot bath. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I find that that helps. Okay. Yeah. And they'll just kind of disappear on their own. But what you can do, I mean, if you go online, you can obviously see lots of remedies using a needle. Um, get them nice. <laughs> you get a nice little needle. You pop them. And then <laughs> the thing with the needle, Joe, what I'll say is if you've been on a particularly long walk, do the needle gimmick and you have a lovely drink as well for afterwards. Oh, 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 no. Anyway, that's enough blister talk. I think. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this isn't jackass. Oh. It's like jackass. <laughs> I've, what is this? Doing... this is GCW match you're having with yourself in the <laughs> after your walks. <laughs> I've not been walking too much. I did a few little walks. Um, had a little walk this morning because I'm off work for a week. I'm in the midst of a nine day weekend. Oh, so I um just about like a two three kilometer walk. Not nothing too crazy. Um, That's not bad. I'll be up. I'll probably do a, a fairly big walk tomorrow because I have to walk the dog, the little one who's staying with us. Mm. She got she got a lot of energy, so maybe I'll do a ten thousand, fifteen thousand steps walk with her in the park because being that it's the middle of the week, shouldn't be too many people there, especially if I get out early. But yeah, um, 
I I wasn't planning on taking this week off. I, I had last Monday off for the pay-per-view, obviously. Mm. And then I just had I just had um holidays to take and I said, well, there's no time like the present. Let's get a week off work. First week off of the year. I think I've only had two days holiday so far. I had the day after Royal Rumble and the day after Revolution. So take a paper take take a non pay-per-view holiday where I'm not staying mm. up until until five in the morning and then spent spent a week recovering from it. Um they were the good old days by the way, where <laughs> I used to be able to stay up for a, a, a wrestling show or or a UFC show and I'd be up running a marathon the following day instead of like I guess this is what being hung over feels like is when you've been up watching Royal Rumble and the next day you have to more or less put yeah. On. Uh, yeah. But otherwise it's just a week to relax. I don't really have any plans apart from watching more Godzilla movies and Jesus I watched so many of them this last week I'm going crazy with Godzilla um, but I am coming to the end and I'll talk about them later I've only got six more to watch so okay. I'll do that this week um, I've I've watched all of the internet archive ones right okay. all the ones what I downloaded off there I've watched all of them now, now we're into Netflix and Blu-ray territory so there should be no more sort of pirated films watched in this series. Yeah, Internet Archives is not piracy. Come on. Internet Archives is fine. Internet is I'll show you some piracy. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Oscar nominees came out today. This will be the first year where... Yeah, I don't know if I'll bother. I don't know if I'll bother this year. There's, yeah. actually not, there's actually not too many to watch just because there's not been so many movies out. There's a lot more repetition of the the nominees but it would be like 11 movies i think yeah it was, movies have to watch. it was a, a lot of of four or five films popping up in everything yeah it was yeah. like the, the the big heavy hitters are like judas and the black messiah sound of metal nomadland and minari and, yeah. and i feel like if you watch those it's like you have seen basically everything the majority um, yeah I've, i think i've only seen apart from the animated films where i've seen soul and I think that's it. I think I've seen Borat, and I think that's it. I forgot Borat. So not, up as well, yeah. not great. Not great. Um, yeah. And honestly, sorry. of the of the ones that are nominated, like I actually just this week watched the trial of Chicago Seven, and bearing in mind that is the most Oscar baity mo- movie imaginable, mm. the fact that it got nominated so much, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like it's kind of where twenty twenty was movie wise. Yeah, I mean, it was not bad. Movie. I didn't hate it or anything. But I was like. <sighs> It's just you know well, we won't spoil anyway. the movie, Guff. We'll get to that. Um, we will. Yeah, we will. We'll get. We'll get to that. I yeah. I I think I'll make a. I feel like I want to make a go of the because I've seen a, a solid like I think I've seen more than half of the big stuff that's been nominated. So yeah. I'll probably just make a go of the rest. I really don't want to watch The Father though. It's like. <laughs> I don't want to watch a movie where like a great actor does a really great performance about like a really horrible disease. It's like it doesn't sound like a barrel of laughs. Um, it's like my no. least favorite genre of prestige film is the somber dementia, AIDS, or cancer movie. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Well, I tell I you, there was a, a very good movie a few years ago that was exactly of that genre. I think it was. I think it only got nominated for like screenplay though. And yeah. It was still, still Alice with. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Julianne Moore, and that was like great. 
but I understand. Yeah, you don't want to watch. You don't watch too many of those movies before you start losing your will to live. Yeah, especially these days. But I'm sure. I'm. I'm, I'm sure it's good. But um. But yeah, we'll we'll chat movies there in a bit. Um. Yeah. Any other any other life off there? Alrighty, we can we can jump on. As Paul alluded to, there we do have a big old stack of uh, of various guffs to get through. And um, we I don't know if, if if I can't remember what we said last week. Who had watched it? Who hadn't? I finished One Division. Are you all finished One Division? No, I haven't. No. I haven't given that a go yet. Oh, I, I finished it. So it was rubbish. So it was rubbish. Um, I I thought. It started off really weird and clever. Um, I'm not saying I wanted them to do the sitcom thing the whole way through because that's not a, that's not a show. If you just do that, I, I understand yeah. that. But once they got away from that, it became the most rote, tiresome Marvel thing ever. Yeah. And I will give them credit for hooking me more. I think we, we talked about this on the show, hooking me more than I thought a Wanda and Vision show would do because they're not characters to care about. But when it was all said and done, I, that entire final episode, it, it was, I, I was so, so on it. And then the final episode was just torturous. And I was just like, oh my God. It's like, it's like the most generic CGI laser fest ever but because it's direct to streaming it's like not as good as the other ones like it's still fairly impressive for a streaming show but not impressive enough to be an mcu thing if that makes sense and i was just so bored by it and also i feel like it made its point um in like the second or third last episode uh, yeah. truth to the spirit of the other streaming services like netflix this show has about three episodes in the middle that are completely superfluous um and it could have been a it could have been a great tight four episodes or some shit like that. And they chose to do it this way. Um, so yeah, did not like it when it was all said and done. Yeah. I thought episodes like one, two, three and five were good. Yeah. Didn't like four at all. Five obviously has a very big cliffhanger that they then did not at all do justice to. Yeah. And in fact, ruined <laughs> by the end of the season. Um, you, your Johnny Boner. That's that's that was the payoff for all that a boner joke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, by the end of it, yeah, I, we're we're right back to not caring about Wanda and Vision, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was um. It, the 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 finale in particular was um. <laughs> one of those things that once you notice it, it's very immersion breaking. Is that it's just actors moving their hands. And the yeah. CGI doing all the fighting. So you have, um, I won't say, even say the actors' names for so out of fear of spoiling for people who haven't seen it. But you have you have some some people on the show who are who are shooting spells at each other, and it's just them wiggling their fingers and the CG department making the spells happen. And you're just looking at the actors going, <laughs> and it's yeah. real real dumb. Um, yeah, it is. It is like that. Um, like joke everyone makes about the Marvel movies. I mean, there's there is behind the scenes stuff up on Disney. They did a whole show about the making of this, and I've seen little clips from it. And it's just Elizabeth Olsen in front of a green screen, and behind her is nothing, and in front of her is nothing, and she's just moving her arms, and she's on what? And I was like, what? <laughs> this is like this. This is part. This is why the last episode was so numbing. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, yeah. I, 
I, I imagine I might just because we because there's nothing else to do with our entire existence now, and I'm sure plenty of people I know will be talking about it. Maybe I'll be convinced to watch that Falcon thing, but uh, like I'll watch Captain it. America's I'll watch it. I don't know Captain America's two sidekicks, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, to be fair, though, I think maybe maybe that would be better because I don't know anything about that show. I have to imagine just by virtue of the two characters who are in, they'll maybe lean a bit more into. Look, we're just going to do Marvel stuff. It's just going to be an action show. It'll be a buddy cop thing, and maybe it'll be fine. I think WandaVision was a little bit more frustrating because there was the, there was kind of that taste of something a little bit different in there, and it sucked even more when they took it away. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, did you like before we finish on WandaVision? Did you like when? What's the actress's name? I'm so bad with names. Uh, Kat Denning. Kat Denning. Did you like when her character was was paid off in the finale with a five-second appearance where where she made the lamest joke in the world? Where you went, oh, yeah, she's in this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, rubbish. Rubbish. Um, And I didn't didn't even like her character anyway. Everyone loves Kat Dennings. I think think because she's Kat Dennings. But yeah, her character is annoying. She's from like the least memorable movies in the entire uh, the entire scope of the universe uh, at this stage. And plus, also like she, her character in this show in particular, it embodies the segment of the, the point at which I was kind of like, well, and that's when her character comes to the, comes along at the point of the show where it's like, okay, there's a bunch of military dudes in tents uh, exchanging jargon about what's happening, and I was like, oh yeah, it's a Marvel thing. Okay. And, and she's just there. Well, the, the radio field is 10,000 megahertz more than it should be. And then some guy who was like, a, I don't know, a character actor on The Shield 10 years ago goes, that can't be. And I was just like, what the fuck's this stupid show anymore? No, but then she, she also represented kind of the worst of Marvel in that she was comic relief for all intents and purposes, but she never actually made any jokes. She no. just went... Oh, here's my coffee right on time. That's the joke. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, other than other than that for me this week, we are on the uh, the home stretch for Breaking Bad uh this week. Uh, just last night we watched Ozymandias. Uh you know, still still mwah, still still chef kiss. One of the uh, one of the best episodes of TV ever by by my count. And uh, just before doing the show, we watched the second last episode, which is which is good as well. Uh, you know, tough episode, real 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 emotionally draining episode. Uh, and I imagine before bedtime this evening, we will probably watch the finale, uh, which is great. I love the finale; it's a great final episode. Um, and yeah, we've it's kind of on our agenda. Um, probably take a break from it. There's a lot of Breaking Bad in the last month, obviously. We'll finish it, and then I tell you, we'll probably do Better Call Saul at some stage. Um, got some other, yeah. So we've got like a list of stuff we want to watch. Um, fairly sure we're going to do a Banshee rewatch, which I'm very excited about. Um, I, I love that show, and then and then maybe then we'll come to it. But yeah, that's it. Um, so that's all the TV for me uh, uh, this week. Uh, I'm only on one one thing we watched. Um, so line line of duty um, season six is coming out this week, okay. uh, and I'm still I'm still two seasons behind. Okay, um, hadn't seen four or six. So we uh, we watched four this week, and ooh, ooh, it was a belter. Yeah, it was a belter. This show. Um, it, it 
it kind of borders on the parody at points, but it seems to always, you know, get away with it. And I think it's the strength of the characters and the the um, kind of intricate plotting of the show that, that kind of saves it from getting a bit too silly. Um, but yeah, really, really, really good. And, uh, and season four really showcases uh, Ted, uh, who is the um, kind of chief of, of the, uh, what's it called? Like the AC-12. Police, police, yeah, AC-12, Police Corruption, kind of Internal Affairs Unit. Um, so he's absolutely fantastic. He's on full, full blast, full guns blazing with his, his fellas and his wee <laughs> girls and his sucking diesel. Sucking diesel. His, uh, mother of God. Um, <laughs> he's, he was really good. Um so yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward. We're going to watch season five this week because there's only actually six episodes. I always forget it's only a six episode season yeah. that they do. It's really so you can you can bang through it in a weekend quite easily. Um, so I'm going to watch the, the fifth season this this week, and then oh, time for season six. Lovely. It's a it's a monster show. I was looking at the ratings on the on the Wikipedia page. It had 13 million viewers <laughs> for the most recent season as an wow. average. It's like fucking attitude era raw. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, really, um, really good show. I actually forgot until you mentioned just there, and I just I just checked on Netflix. I forgot that uh, season five was on Netflix. I've I've watched up to where you've watched as well. I think when I finished season four, season five had happened, but it hadn't been put on Netflix, and I think I just mm. forgot about it. It is up there now, so I'll I think myself, yeah, I'll try and try and squeeze it in there before before season six starts. It's great. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, good stuff. I might need to get onto that then. I think you like it. It's great, good stuff. It's really good stuff. Mm. Good performances, great cast, good twists. Yeah, I, oh, I, I do like a twist. Mm. That's fair. Although I'm still, I still have Lupin in the back of my head. Is something I need to watch off Joe's recommendation. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, no TV for me this week. We just didn't get around to watching because we're mind this dog all day. Um, <laughs> but I do have a quick lost guff, which is that I came across something that's maybe going to be a, a project of mine to watch not anytime soon maybe a year or two or three down the line it's called um uh chronologically lost mm. and uh for people who are not fans of lost it's going to sound like utter tripe <laughs> but for shit. people who, are, who have watched lost it's, through it's like, like the myself, snyder cut the snyder cut of lost no <laughs> We live on an island. Um, <laughs> it's it's someone who has cut all the episodes of Lost into chronological order because obviously the appeal <laughs> of Lost was the whole flashback. Yeah, right? yeah. And the flashbacks were like totally would say something about what was happening on the island. So, right, great, great premise, great little setup, right? But just to have a, a new way of watching it because I've watched this would be my with Natty would be like my third watch through of the show. And after three watch-throughs, you start to lose the you know, surprise of the twists and turns, everything happens. So just have a new way of watching it. Um, somebody did this edit of like all the scenes from the show sh- are shown chronologically uh, and still episodically, but just like from start to finish chronologically. And But it's in standard definition and it was done with like mm-hmm. uh, the DVDs and various other sources that looked a bit shit. And then they're like, oh, but it's too much work. I can't do a HD version. Too much work. Yeah. So someone else did a HD version, copied wow. that out exactly with the Blu-ray releases. So it's um, they have like a Facebook page or something chronologically lost, and I've I'm in the process of getting it from there. But it's a hundred and 
how many episodes of Lost were there? 108 or 109 Ooh. episodes of Lost overall in HD. So in HD, the entire, yeah. The, the entire package is about 188 gigs. Okay, wow. So it's large. So it'll take me a year to download it. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be the perfect time for me to then watch it. But I don't know, I just... I, I understand the appeal of Lost was its structure, but I, I would be interested to at least give it a try. Yeah, it. yeah. Just to see, see how, yeah. oh, I didn't realize this happened so close to this, or especially with all the flashback stuff, because the flashbacks aren't told chronologically throughout the show. You'll have a flashback that happened at X point, one that happened before, one that happened after. So it's, it'd be good to see the, the progression that way. Yeah. Um, of course, we watched you know the drag races of the world and all that. UK drag race finale is this week, so we'll see who wins that. We're team team Bimini, myself and Bimini, of course, me, yeah. She gave me terms of Bimini Bomb Goulash. Bimos, yeah. Um, so it's Bimos, El Bimmer. Um, we did. We haven't watched the new US one yet. There's a new South Park special out. I've not watched as well. I'll get to that eventually. And I know, yeah, I was, I was going to say, well, what, there was something on a Friday as well. What's out on Friday? But that was one division, so there's no one. Yeah. Should I try the TV guff? I think. What 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 is that? Because I I didn't know there was one until it came up in the conversation about <laughs> AEW ratings. I'm so in the bubble. What is the the South Park special about? Um. Well, they, they did a quarantine special. Oh. Last year. Uh, it's like just an hour, an hour long special episode of it in lieu of doing a full like season. And it's another hour long special. So I don't know if those two specials are just going to be whatever season 24. Right. But this one was like the vaccination special. Okay. I haven't watched it, so I don't know what it's about. But it, it was, for all intents and purposes, just an hour long episode as per usual, you know? It wasn't great, to be honest. The first one, it was it was pretty bad. Okay. The reviews for the, the reviews for the new one have been generally positive. Better, so. yeah, I've I've seen that. Yeah, okay, we shall see. Uh, yeah, that um that lo- chronological last thing uh, you were talking about reminded me of a thing I've often thought about, but I've never bothered downloading. Which is, have you ever seen the uh, the Star Wars Demastered project? Yes. Yeah, I I always every now and then I remember it, and then I Google it. And then they have a doc of how to like download all the individual parts and not assemble it, but it's not it's not just right. there's not just an, an you know a RAR file that's here's the yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone's not familiar, it's, it's they basically tried to from like the the video CD that came out and the VHSs and a couple of film reels that some people owned. Some hardcore Star Wars fans have like tried to put out versions of the original three films that remove the all the superfluous effects and all the, the tampered stuff they did in the special yeah. editions. But also, it's an ongoing project as well. Every time they put out a new release of the film, like the Blu-ray or whatever, they're then also using those Blu-rays, because it's obviously the best quality footage, to yes. take the, the demastered versions, but still make it HD and look nice. And it's just like, I would love to, to, to get that stuff, but it also it seems like a load of messing... And I'm kind of just like, I'll just watch it on Disney Plus. Like, I, I don't care that much. Well, I'm lucky enough that we own the DVD releases that have right. the original. I, like, it was like a special feature on maybe the first yes. run of DVDs they did or something. Yeah. So we have those. Um, and I think it's like a laser disc transfer or something. Yeah. And it's fine. 
yeah, it's, it's something because it's because I've watched a, a, like a YouTube video. About, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've watched a video about how they put it together. It's really it, as a project, it's really fascinating. But yeah, it's something like yeah. it's letterboxed and it's like really low bitrate. I and plus also this put out in like what nineteen ninety seven. So I imagine it probably looks shit on a current television. Uh, <laughs> like just by the nature no, of technology, it, 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 it's possible. It's it, like I. I rewatched last whatever it was last time i rewatched the trilogy probably in the lead up to yeah last jedi last or jedi or something like that yeah i i was put off because i had heard to say that the transfer on the dvds wasn't great so i because the the first two let's say um i, I watched blu-rays because the first two are, are not quite as badly especially empire not not quite as badly uh screwed up as uh, Return of the Jedi. I said, I'll watch those two on the Blu-ray and I'll watch Return of the Jedi on the DVD. And then the DVD was absolutely fine. I should yeah. just watch it for you on DVD, to be honest. Yeah. I do have the Blu-rays, but yeah. Stupid Lucas fucker. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I feel like Lucas always had this weird, uh, as a company, always had this thing where they they were not they were not litigious IP people the way Disney are. Yeah. And it's kind of like if they if the fans were doing anything else other than restoring versions of the film that Lucas himself hated, it wouldn't surprise me if that company said, "We'll we'll you know we'll we'll buy this, we'll give you money for this work, and we'll put it out." Because that because they 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 were always big into supporting fan projects. But Disney hates that shit. Disney will never in a million years ever support fans cobbling their films together. So it is forever going to be an uh, you know an, an internet thing. It's interesting um, though, especially with the Snyder cut, yeah, all, which apparently yeah. has been positively positively reviewed as well. Funny enough, sure. but, um, it's interesting with the the hype behind that. I wonder if we're going to see any other restoration style releases. Like Star Wars, obviously the biggest one, and mm. I can see down the road, a couple of years, like they need a big boost for Disney Plus. Here's the original Star Wars movies. Now, apparently, it's trickier than that. There's some rights issues or whatever, but I can see it happening as a special. Yeah release even like a timed release they're out for a year here they are there was one one big hurdle which is now surpassed because of the the era we live in was that fox had the rights to star wars uh, star wars one which not a factor anymore of course because everything merges into everything but also and people just have disputed this and said it can't possibly be true but like lucas swore that like no we got rid of those prints that version of the film does not exist anywhere that was his story. Just put the DVD version up. I have them. I'll send them over to Walt's house or whoever's doing it. These yeah, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think yanking it off of uh, a, a laser disc scan and popping it up on on Disney Plus would satiate the nerds. I think um, I yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I would probably, I would watch that version of it. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be that stickler about it, but, but yeah. Um, I also remember, and this is probably closer to the, the the chronological lost thing. I remember in, in the midst of all the discussions about it, uh, someone was like, it would be a great project if someone took all the cutscenes in last of us two and put them in order. Right. Cause that was a big hotly debated thing is that the, they, they cut the two campaigns in half and they tell them one after the other, as opposed to interspersing the different scenes yeah, as they right. would happen. That would probably be very interesting to watch. That would, again, would also probably be 10 hours long. Or just the cutscenes, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, that's the um, that's the old television guff uh, for the week. We've got a lot of films to get through. Why don't you give us our, our dino update here on the old Godzilla? 
well, actually, uh, Barry, Godzilla is only cano- canonically a dinosaur in one of the films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is which is? Let me tell you, it's Godzilla versus King Ghidra. I think is the one where he's he's shown to be like a nuclear dinosaur. Okay. Um, and in the American one, he's a lizard who gets nuked. He's an iguana specifically. Oh, is he really? No. Wow. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that movie today. So right. excellent, excellent. Because like Lost, I'm watching these films chronologically. So I, I've watched 1998's Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. So let's start with that. Let's start with 98's Godzilla. Um. So I've always thought that I had a soft spot in my heart for Godzilla, the American from 1998. Yes. Yeah. I said, that's a little guilty pleasure of mine. I enjoy that film. Even though people talk endlessly about how bad it is. I say, I, I like that film. But saying that, I've, I hadn't actually watched it in probably yeah. 15 years. Until this week. So I stuck Godzilla 98 on, on Netflix, where it is available, in the UK at least. My mind has not Budged one inch, Barry. Wow. <laughs> I still think okay, well let's let's get into the the definites about it, right? Um Matthew Broderick, right, first of all, who let it be known, uh, killed a person, right? <laughs> wow. Murderer. Uh not not a murderer, I want to say that. That was that was a, that was a joke bit in case of this and once he's litigious like our Disney. But um he was involved in the death of a person through some driving or whatever. Anyway. Um, he is dreadful in it. He no wonder he doesn't get jobs anymore. He is so bad in it. Has he ever um, been good in anything apart from Ferris Bueller? I don't even really like Ferris Bueller. To be honest, actually, like, War Games is War Games. I prefer War Games to Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I I likened him in it to Sofia Coppola in Godfather Three. Jesus he's like Christ, bad. he's that bad in it. <laughs> um, like mesmerically bad. Um. The script is real stupid. Um, the action is, is is like it. It's fine up to a point, and then the last hour becomes Jurassic Park in in Madison Square Garden, and that that whole scene could have been cut out. It's completely skippable. And also, right before that scene starts, Godzilla just disappears for no reason. Godzilla gets like shot by a torpedo or something and yeah. dies. And then it goes to Madison Square Garden for 45 minutes. And the second they come out of Madison Square Garden, Godzilla just comes back. Yeah. Um, no expert. No, no, oh, there Godzilla back. Um, I don't know what else really there is to say about it. But then, conversely, right, as I bring up letterboxd.com, because I'm writing reviews about all of these films. Of course, yeah, they yeah. Just yeah. Blur, they just blur into each other. because you know, I don't remember what happened. Um, conversely, I think the human story, the much reviled human story, right, is actually one of the probably the most watchable in the entire series. <laughs> um, not because the characters are any good, because they aren't. Not because the performances are any good, because across the board they aren't. Um, but it's just very watchable. It moves along at a quick place, uh, quick pace. Um, it's very wacky, very goofy. Jean Reno shows up to do like an Elvis impression at one point. He's like chewing gum. Uh, He's not even good now, and John Reno is, is generally quite good. Um, but it, I don't know. There's just a, a there's just a, a watchable aspect to it where it's never like boring, um, like so many of the Japanese films are. 
<laughs> and um it, yeah it just keeps it keeps enough stuff happening on screen for you to go along with it michael lerner is very good in it as like the mayor he's maybe the only one good performance in it or at least performance that i liked in it um but if i think if they um didn't branded godzilla if they just had it as like an original monster movie i don't think it would be hated like it is because it's very obviously not godzilla it's it's so, so little in common to Godzilla, apart from yeah. a dinosaur or whatever. Iguana. Um, but it's 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 very, very different. Um what I would say though is that um what was I gonna say? Ooh, lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um yeah, like I say, it, it it's despite being like really, really stupid and and the CGI I thought I, I I remember the CGI being horrible, but there's actually some shots in it that look pretty good. It's just very okay. inconsistent with the CGI. Some of it does look horrible. Um, yeah, if it, if it weren't marketed as a Godzilla movie, okay, maybe it wouldn't wouldn't have been so, as successful as it as it kind of was. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people do hate it because it's you know it's a it's a bad adaptation of Godzilla. One thing that's funny about it as well, right? Is if if you were to sell kind of Godzilla to somebody as an idea, it's like, well, it's a big dinosaur thing who like destroys the sea, <laughs> pretty much N- nine out of ten times. That's what he does, right? Godzilla uh, doesn't destroy any buildings in this movie. Sure. It's the um, the American military shoot constantly shoot missiles at Godzilla, like heat seeking missile, right? And Godzilla just will like lean out of the way, and it will blow up like the Chrysler building. And the mayor's like, you're stupid idiots. You're doing more damage than Godzilla is. And I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of the appeal of Godzilla is that he knocks buildings down and is is a destructive force. And then do you know how they kill Godzilla? Do you remember how they kill Godzilla in the end? He, uh, um, is he impaled on a building? No, that, do, do that would have him? been clever. Do they nuke him? They do not. He gets trapped in the wires of a suspension. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would make yeah. him stronger. He gets trapped in the in the <laughs> wires of twice a, as big. <laughs> he gets trapped in the wires of a suspension bridge, and two helicopters do drive bys on him and kill him with missiles. Yeah, and then and then when he dies, right, everyone applauds, and it's like you just shot a fish in a barrel. You, you couldn't kill him when he was running around. Only when he trapped himself and you're able to fly your planes past him and kill well, him that's, really that's, easy. That's the, that, it's, it's anti-war. It's anti-US Army. They're, they're, they, it's, they, this movie, thank you, Mr. Emmerich, is actually about the first Gulf War. Okay? And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and one thing I do like about it, though, as well, is the score is real... 90s like do, do, do you know remember when you said like a 90s blockbuster like this or like independence mm-hmm. day i'm sure had a very similar thing yeah it's very it's very stringy it's very hopeful sounding it, like i i liken the godzilla score to um batman forever mixed with mrs doubtfire that, kind of <laughs> <sound>? <laughs> That's how, that was the elevator pitch by emmerich himself you know <laughs> but I, I i like that i i miss that sound where like nowadays everything sounds like inception every score is warm Nothing it also, has a... it also had the Jamiro quite single as the uh, yes and and uh, old P Diddy Diddy Daddy Daddy on it was it I don't remember that yeah big big uh, or doing big... a doing a rap about Godzilla yeah over um, Led Zeppelin's Kashmir oh yeah. um 
Championship. One thing I said to somebody about it as well, I was like, you know, it's really no worse than the Independence Days of the world. And the no. response was, yeah, but Independence Day is shite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, well, yeah, yeah. I don't agree. I think Independence Day is fine. It's fine. It's really it, is no fine. it is fine. It's really no worse. Anyway, that's the night. I gave. It, I went a six on, on the old uh, Godzilla there. I think it's it's a very easily watchable film, despite not actually objectively being any good. Right. So let's get into the uh, seven more Godzilla films I watched this week. Okay. So we'll go through these quickly, right? Uh, Godzilla vs. Destroyer, which is the uh, the last of the... Uh, what was the name of that era of films? Heisei, I think it was. Is like the It was the last one they made before the 98 one, so it was promoted as the film where Godzilla dies. Um, and so it does have kind of a a hefty urgence that the other films kind of lack. Um, the Destroyer design is really cool. It's a little bit Cthulhu, a little bit um, deviant art, I guess. Right. <laughs> but he looks very cool. Um, and also Godzilla starts to, as Joe alluded to a second ago, starts to go nuclear. Mm. And his temperature rises so much that his dorsal fins start to melt. Which is like the coolest shot in the film. I was like, oh my god, he's he's so nuclear, he's like starting to melt as he fights this other kaiju. Very, very cool. Godzilla spoilers. Godzilla does die in the end. Oh um, no. Which was like a farewell to uh an icon because I think there was an, an agreement with TriStar that they wouldn't produce any more films while the Americans were doing them. So this was like their goodbye. Uh and it was a very fitting uh, very fitting good one of the best in the series give that an 8 out of 10 uh, then we have Godzilla 2000 Millennium Ooh. which came out in the year 1999 funnily enough um, which was the, the return uh, it was uh, it was quite good I liked the new Godzilla design he's very very spiky like he came off a, I don't know Cannibal Corpse CD cover or something if you look up Godzilla 2000 Godzilla Okay. His like dorsal fins stick out about three times his, his anime Godzilla legs, pretty much. Um, also, this is the movie that has uh Francois Chow of Lost Fame doing okay. one of the English voices in the dub. And he's the guy, if, if you know anything about Lost, he's the guy who does the like Dharma Initiative videos where he's like, Hello, I'm Pierre Cheng, welcome to the Swan Station. Da, 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 in those old videos, he's that guy. He's very good. Man. He does a, a, a he got a fun voice for it, um, and also the for some reason whoever did the translation on this one the script is real like sarcastic and real saucy. So you have lines like "quit your bitching," which stuck out as, as crazy in in a series that usually has a very like stoic mm. translation for the dubs. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I give that I give that one a six. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. Uh, Godzilla versus Megaguirus, completely skippable. Um, Megaguirus is a giant dragonfly, not even worth watching for that. N- not a very good villain. Um, very dry film, too monotone to enjoy. The action doesn't really uh, carry it at all. Give that a four. Uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidra, giant monsters all out attack. Now you better be a good, good movie with a, with a title like that. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, yeah, very enjoyable, very influential to um, King of Monsters, the American 2019 one. That take, actually takes a lot of its ideas from this one. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I liked it. There was one shot in it that was really impressive for uh, a Japanese series. And Japanese films typically have not as good CGI for whatever reason. Okay. I think that they would with all their uh, video games, consoles and shit that they're able to make. They don't have good CGI in their movies. But there was one shot in this that was really good where it's a, a lad taking a piss in a urinal, right? <laughs> and he's, he's doing that. And then the, the ground starts shaking. And he looks out the window, right? And you see him looking out the window as you hear the Godzilla roar, the iconic roar. And the camera pulls back a completely seamless shot from him looking out the window, pulled back into like a miniature. And yeah. And the big foot comes down and squashes the building. But it's done completely seamlessly. It yeah. looked great. I was like, oh my God, that shot was really good. Um, Yeah. Towards the end, there's a, a few too many control. Like, I'll give it a little mild spoiler for the 2019 one, King of Monsters, right? The American one. It's shit. Don't watch it. So don't worry. It's it's not very, it's not very good. There's a bit at the end where Mothra, who's like one of the hero kaiju, Mothra is never a villain in any of these films, by the way. Mothra is always a a hero. Mothra, um, like sacrifices herself to restore Godzilla or to help Godzilla come back. Right. Cause it's like dying and Mothra. That happens in this movie, right? Twice. (laughs) And like, right, that's too, one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> too many hot tags. Too many hot tags. There's too many hot tags in the movie. And also, this is the only movie notable. This is the only movie where King Ghidra is a is is the baby face and Godzilla is the heel. Mm. I thought that was an interesting take because King Ghidra is, is the villain, the, the ultra villain, all of them. But he's the hero in this one. Uh, give that one a seven. I thought it was very good. And uh, then we have Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. This is the best Mecha Godzilla movie. How about okay. that? I don't really like it. I don't really like any of the Mechagodzilla movies. How many are there? How many of you watched up to this point? Four. Just... Okay, four. I didn't mean it's just four. God. Yeah, they're not to be. This is Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, right? right. Not right. to be confused with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla Two, which is not a sequel to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, or Terror of Mechagodzilla. Those are three completely distinct movies. Um, this is the best one. This this is um takes the the series in a different direction where. It feels closer to like Pacific Rim, or I guess Pacific Rim is just one one of a genre of movies of like kaiju versus mecha. I, that, that's a thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, you unlike Pacific Rim, you cared about the the pilots and right and uh, their their story. And the film is uh, is only eighty eight minutes, so it's like zippy to the point. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, there's no wacky aliens going on. It's just kind of like a, a, a very, there's no flab, a very quick, a quick, lean sci-fi action. And it, it was it was actually really good. One of the best in the series, uh, especially given that I went into expecting, I don't really like the Mechagodzilla films, but it's yeah. actually really good. Give that an eight he, he, he seemingly, people have freeze-framed the trailer for the new thing. He looks like there's going to yeah. be a Mecha. Mecha got it in there. So we'll see. But um if yeah, so if you want to prime yourself and watch a good one, uh Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla is the best of those films. Uh we then watched Godzilla or I watched Godzilla Tokyo SOS, the worst titled of the Godzilla films. Uh this is actually a sequel to Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Uh, a far worse film though. It's completely boring retread of stuff they've done before. Um I didn't you know on Letterboxd where you can take, I've seen this film before. Yeah, I pretty much, I pretty much could have, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and then finally today, I watched Godzilla: Final Wars, 
mm. which is the 50th anniversary film. So okay. it has like 19 kaiju in it. Just brings them all back. It's like WrestleMania. It brings back all the old, all the old yeah. dinosaurs. The um, gimmick Godzilla Battle Royal. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, this like the '98 Godzilla. I thought this was like objectively dreadful, but was like the most enjoyable film. So, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes the 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 worse they are, the better they are. Which you know, the genre that it is kind of plays into that a little bit. Um, this is the one Don, that has the 98 Godzilla in it, doesn't they this bring is the him one in? That has the 98 Godzilla yeah. in it, correct. Um, and he gets his ass boot. That's that's the Goldberg match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don Fry is in it as well. MMA legend, uh, mustached man Don Fry. He is dreadful in it. <laughs> and he kind of suits the character. He's like a gruff meathead. Yeah. You know, he's he's not good, but it, it, it kind of works. Um, also they do this like color filter. i like, you know, the matrix, I think we talked about before the matrix will have like a blue, f- like color correction or a green color correction, depending on if they're in the matrix or whatever. Yeah. This one will just have random color filters. During, so you have like, suddenly everything will be too yellow. Then it'll be green and then mm. it'll be orange. And you're like, why are they making the film looks horrible? With all these, all these color filters is a really ugly film. Um, and like I said, the performances are comically bad, but like this is the film that is so bad it's good. Um, unlike a lot of the other ones, which are just boring. Definitely, I was not bored watching it. Um, so I'll give that a seven. And that is the second to last of the Japanese Godzilla films. So I've watched, not counting like live action, not counting yeah. Netflix, which are animated, but I will watch those. So I've watched 27. Well, jeez of them now in the last like month and a half <laughs> um so what i have i have them over here next up we have shin godzilla which i've, I've heard that's seen, great which is excellent yeah. it's the best japanese films then we have old reliable 2014 it's a great cover the 2014 one it is. Um, I, I really like it. But we'll see how it holds up. And then, look what I've got as well. Hey. It's not a bad cover either, to be fair. <laughs> no. Well, it doesn't have two of the monsters on the cover, but sure. So they're next. I have those three, and then I have the Netflix trilogy. And that brings me to Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm not watching Kong films. There's like 17 of them. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Kong 67 or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. But that will be all of the Godzilla films watched. Um, I also watched two other things while I'm here. Uh, you guys might be interested in these. I watched two short films. Okay, I like short. Directed by a man called Ari Aster. Oh. Of Hereditary and Midsummer fame. He's directed like seven shorts, but I think these are the two like most substantial ones. These are the two with Wikipedia pages, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, if you if you Google Ari Aster shorts, I found like at least two websites that have all the videos embedded. These pants. They're all on, oh. they're all on Vimeo or <laughs> they're all on Vimeo or YouTube. So you can find okay. them free. So the first one I watched is called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Okay. Um, I don't want to say anything about it go into it completely blind if okay. you're interested all right what i will say is the the 
the tone of hereditary is is there in a different way it's very dark mm. it's very uh fucked up <laughs> okay uh, in a different way than hereditary is but it is um it, it, it would almost come with a trigger warning it's it's quite quite dark quite okay um but i really enjoyed it the performances are very good the the dark content the direction they go is very shocking and is very like eye opening. I thought it was I thought it was but interesting in an interesting way. The thing about it though is that like Hereditary and like Midsummer, it doesn't quite stick the landing. Yeah. Um, okay. Like like I liked both of those movies, right? I don't love either of them. I think Hereditary is probably the stronger, but I, yeah, I agree, really yeah. Like yeah. Hereditary, and I didn't really like where Midsummer went either. Um it's twenty nine minutes long. The first like twenty, the first like twenty to twenty five minutes are very good, and he gets to a point with the idea and with the concept of the movie. He brings that to a point, and then doesn't really know how to close it off. And so the last five minutes are a bit, a bit weak. But overall, I thought it was very good. And then I watched another one called Munchausen, which is a very interesting idea. I can talk about it a little bit without spoiling it. It's a uh, it's a kind of not really horror. Strange thing about Johnson's is still firmly in that kind of horror. Yeah, Munchausen is a not so much a horror, but it's a it's a story told in a the style of a Pixar short. So mm. it's apparently was inspired by the beginning of Up. So it's a story. It's live action. It's not animated. Um, it's a story okay. about a kid who's, who's going to college. And his mother is kind of dealing with that, that he's like the only son and he's moving out. And uh, so it's, you can imagine already the, the way it's going to look and the way it's told. And um, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the strange thing about the Johnsons. Um, I think the, I, I think the, the gimmick does work. It's, it's shorter as well. It's like 16 minutes. The gimmick does work. Um, and it didn't affect me in the way, like I've seen people, who didn't like it say it was kind of a one trick pony and that once like a minute or two in once the novelty wears off that it doesn't have a lot to it which i kind of i kind of agree with but i didn't have as much of a problem with uh, i think strange thing about the johnsons is is the one to check out if you liked hereditary uh and midsummer and if you like that maybe check out munchausen as well but it's it's it's, it's the black sheep it's not so similar to those other right. ones. It's kind of thing um, so like I said, there's five more that I need to check out. I just didn't get around to watching, but uh, I will because I, I I like that director and I like what he does. And that's your last. That's it. Alrighty. Um, watched a couple of films here. Uh, still kind of on the uh, the old kind of uh, 2020 cleanup slash you know 21 awards season watching uh one film from last year i got around to watching was uh peninsula which is the train to busan sequel uh train to busan really really good really enjoyed that i only watched it for the first time i think i think i maybe watched it last year for the first time really good uh kind of uh zombie film set on a train obviously and this is the sequel and it does a lot right it's 
Um, it's kind of standalone. I think I, I would recommend watching the first one first, but you don't, you wouldn't have to from a story standpoint. Basically, the sequel kind of uh, expands the world a little bit, examines what's going on, what society has done, and stuff. And basically, the way they the, the premise is kind of that basically the uh, zombie infection, for lack of a better term, is contained entirely to a peninsula. And so they just quarantined it, and then life just went on in the rest of the world. And so the story of the mission is effectively uh, to try and get ahead in life uh, to refugees who came in from the peninsula. They're living a life of crime. They take a job to go back to the peninsula to retrieve a truck that is filled to the brim with millions of U.S. dollars. And things go haywire from there. They get there. It's obviously overrun with infected. It also does a sort of faction warfare going on over there. And I think that's all really great. I think the characters are good. I like the universe they set up. I think some of the action is good. The only problem is, and the main reason I could not go higher than a three star for this on Letterboxd, despite the fact that there was a lot of things I liked about it. It has to be some of like the worst CG in a movie of this type where it's so important that they have good action and good effects and that it looks good. The 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 previous train to Busan, it did not it, it didn't have great effects, but it was also a movie set on a train. They didn't have to do ten million effects. It wasn't that necessary. It was kind of just a thing where every now and then there would be a little action set piece where you'd kind of go, Oh, that doesn't oh, that's a CGI blood spurt. Okay, whatever. This movie they have car chases. They got people hanging out of the windows shooting cars. The cars are running over reams of zombies. There's trucks. They're crashing into each other. There's explosions. And it all looks like it's rendered on a Dreamcast. I mean, it is just so, so, so bad. Um, I don't know. Um, obviously, this came out last year. So I, I don't know what kind of original release it had planned. I don't know if it's supposed to be a theatrical thing. It just smacks of straight-to-DVD um, and it's, it's a Studio Canal film as well. It, it is not some some chancers got their hands on the license and, and shat out a sequel. You know, it's the same people who made the uh, uh, the first one. So that's disappointing. So it's a recommendation with a big asterisk in the corner that if you think you could just tolerate, like just genuinely shit special effects, I think the rest of the movie is, is pretty good. But the, the, the other problem is that it leans heavily on those effects. So it's not great. Really- I just watched twenty seven Godzilla films in a row. I think I, <laughs> I, think, I think you'll stomach it. I think you'll stomach it. Uh, it uh, the other elements of it are great. The, the characters in the little peninsula, which is predominantly run by this sort of like abandoned military faction, it's kind of it's kind of like twenty eight days later, where these guys who either used to be soldiers or have decided to become soldiers in the wake of of the collapse of everything, and they're shitheads and they run everything. It's got that vibe, and I I really like it. But but yeah, so yeah, that's it. That was a solid uh, a solid watch. But uh, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, the other thing I watched, as I mentioned earlier, was the trial of the Chicago Seven, which is a movie based on a true story about a sort of collection of seven of seven uh, sort of like progressives, for lack of a better term, from different backgrounds who um, converge on Chicago to protest outside a convention center where the Democratic National Convention is on. Um, in the run-up to to an election, a riot breaks out, and they're basically charged with um, uh, inciting the riot. Basically, is what the charge is. And the um, the trial, it's kind of it's it's kind of one of those things that's kind of designed. To say, hey, look how look how bad the system is. These guys were these guys were lambasted. It's so unfair. 
um you know they have this like crackpot ancient judge who's kind of like not all there and can't remember one's names and he seems like he, he he's he's he the movie's set in like the 70s but he seems like he's living in the 1930s type thing and you know it's an aaron sorkin movie uh writing written and directed um mm. so it's a little it's a little saccharine and it's a little bit you've got a uh, joseph gordon levitt playing the, the prosecution lawyer he doesn't have that many he doesn't have that much screen time surprisingly but um it's an awful lot of <laughs> him and the prosecution standing up and saying your honor this isn't right you, you know it's a lot of that shit you know what i mean um you know just you could imagine sorkin just directing it and wiping a tear away from his eye um, um i don't want to i don't want to give away the ending because um it's the ending and i think it's a good film overall i'd recommend people watch it but it is the most that to a t it's re- and i don't i don't know i did not know anything about this story it could be completely exactly as it happened in the real in the in the real world but it's 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 pretty um it's uh, it's kind of like he wants to make a movie about the failures of the system but you can tell he also uh, at his core what he wants is it the system just to work slightly better than it does as opposed to making a movie about how it's completely shit do you know what i mean it's right. um but it's good it's a good movie good performances uh sasha baron cohen is is really good in it he has a really bad accent um you can th- this guy cannot pass himself off as american he does a better job passing himself off as kazakhstani in the Borat <laughs> movies than he does as passing himself off as an american in 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 movies like this but he is he is very good in it to be fair um so yeah that's a solid watch it's not amazing but it's a solid watch um again like uh, i'm not trying to be really insulting by saying i didn't think of it as an oscar movie because i was watching it going this is such an oscar movie um, but by that same token, when I was talking about, about Aaron Sorkin, it's kind of like I don't think I think I think the, the Academy of the type who would like a movie that is somewhat critical of the system, but still, but just still wants to stand and salute and be proud like they're John Cena. You know, um, I think I think it's the perfect balance. Uh, so, funnily enough, also a big release at the moment. Uh, this movie features one of the one of the one of the people on trial is a, a member of the Black Panthers. And in a brief sort of cameo role, there is uh, present in the courtroom is Fred Hampton, uh, who is the uh, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. And he is the subject of Judas and the Black Messiah. So those are two movies that are uh, where he is a figure that are both up for for awards in, in, in the in the Academy Awards. I watched that as well. That's really good. Um Really, really uh, uh, fantastic performances in it. You've got uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya as Fred Hampton. He's phenomenal, obviously, as he is in basically everything. Um, really, really great. Really, really powerful. Like he's playing, you know, he's playing kind of like this kind of uh, revolutionary who is known for like these powerful speeches. And his his big thing was being able to talk people into his conventions. And he he you know he he kind of mended uh, 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 relationships between his party and like uh, like. Uh, a uh, Puerto Rican uh, political activist party, and even you know went to the uh, like a, a, so effectively a Southern redneck church and got them on his side as well. You know, so uh, you need a you need a big performing actor to to deliver that stuff with some real conviction, and he's he's phenomenal in it. Um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays William O'Neill. The premise of the film, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's basically about the FBI monitoring. And spoilers: the eventual assassination of of um, Fred Hampton and uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays 
basically an, an FBI informant who, who joins the Black Panthers. And it's kind of about his kind of conflict of, oh, he's doing this for himself to get some federal charges dropped. But then he kind of starts to feel like that's wrong and, and he doesn't he doesn't know which side he actually wants to be on and so on and so forth. Uh, so uh, so that's that's the main drive of it. You've got some 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 great some real primo uh, scummy bad guy actors in this. It's funny that I'm also watching Breaking Bad at the moment. Uh, Jesse Plemons is kind of the main police contact for Lakeith Stanfield. He's Todd from Breaking Bad. Um which is funny because obviously he looks. I know it's been about ten years, but like he looks like he's like early twenties and Breaking Bad. Like he looks like a, a, a sort of just out of juvie little troublemaker. And in this movie, he's he's extremely convincing as a kind of like sort of jaded kind of middle management kind of FBI contact. He's really he's really really good in it. And you've got Martin Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, as well. Um, really great movie. Um, I, it would probably be my pick of the things that have been nominated that I've seen, but I haven't seen like Nomadland or or Minaria, so I don't want I don't want to say. But it's it is fantastic, great performances up and down. Um, really enjoyed that. The only thing I will say is that maybe um, Stanfield's character is a little a little underdeveloped, considering he is the protagonist, and they don't kind of expand on the the conflict he was feeling enough. I feel like they could have they could have they could have chipped away at that a bit more but it's um it's 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 a really great film nonetheless uh what else to watch and then we've kind of got some some stuff i just kind of watched because we're living in an era where you can just kind of stick stuff on to watch watch dodgeball for the first time in a couple of years um it's not good um <laughs> uh it's, it's fine That's it's all right like yeah it's just kind of the best parts are when people are getting hit in the balls and head with the dodgeball. You're as useful as a cock-flavored lollipop. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 stupid, but it's alright. It's just it's not it's not amazing. Um, we did we did pick up there a few weeks ago where our X Men watched through. We watched Deadpool two, so just two movies left. Got to rewatch mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix, which was which I remember thinking was quite bad the first time I watched it. We'll see Good if it holds up. I don't think it will hold up. Uh, and also, I, I never got around to watching New Mutants, um, so we'll watch that. Uh, Deadpool 2, though, I remember when that came out, we talked about it. I remember you didn't like Deadpool 1, but you were way higher on Deadpool 2. Correct. And I thought they were... Uh, I liked the first one, and I thought the second one was about the same. Some stuff was better, and I thought the jokes were maybe a little missed. On a rewatch, I actually thought I way more enjoyed Deadpool two. Deadpool one, I still like, but I do feel like the the irritating aspects of that character and that humor are are way more noticeable in that first film. And I think I still really like that film. I've watched it a lot at this uh, at this stage. Mm. But uh, the more you rewatch it, the more you're just kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of this a lot of this stuff is pretty corny and pretty lame. Deadpool two, I. I had a blast rewatching it. I actually, and I, I, whatever, whatever criticisms I might've had when I first rewatched it, it was kind of evaporated. I had way better written as a story. I think one of the big problems with the, with the first one is that it's that, it is that very, um, it's a superhero origin story. You know what I mean? With a very basic superhero origin villain. Um, and that hurts it. I think the jokes are tighter in the second one. I think you've got a much stronger cast of characters. They introduce you know, Domino and Cable and, 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 and all this other stuff. 
Um, yeah, I really, 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 really liked it. Uh, so much so that I, I think, I don't think I've, I'm like compiling my list of like my favorite X Men movies, and I think it's probably going to be like number three. Um, based, you know, I don't think of any other really truly surprising, you know, l- rankings in there. It's kind of like I've, I like Logan at number one, obviously. Uh, like Days of Future Past at two, and then I think the only surprising one would be Deadpool two at three. Um, but yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that, um, and was pleasantly surprised by it. That's up on the old Disney. If anyone has Disney and wants to rewatch it, and also up on Disney for some reason, uh, I, re- I rewatched the Max Payne movie, um, which is a load of old dreadful shite. Um, it's so boring. He doesn't even shoot anyone for like the first hour. I'm like, oh my god. What did you buy this license for? Um, yeah, insanely boring. And one thing I'd never noticed, because I, I obviously shut it off and deleted the file the first time I watched it, but I noticed this time. There's a post credit scene in it. Like, they thought they were going to get a sequel um, to this really, really horrific movie. Um, yeah, terrible. So in my in my updated rankings of, of, of uh, all the video game movies I've seen, um, congratulations to Dwayne Johnson's Rampage. You're no longer the worst movie ranked on my list. It's now Max Payne. Um, we can pull up that list. I've got only got about eight movies on it. Um, and I haven't thrown on anything I've seen before. I'm only going to add stuff once I've rewatched it and, and digested it. Uh, so I have seen more than this, but this is all I've seen recently. So, oh, no way. I put Max Payne above Rampage. That's, that's not fair to Rampage. I'm going to fix that right now. Um, I remember people when Rampage came out people were like finally a good video game I thought Rampage was shit I thought it was so fucking terrible Um, alright so we're going to pull this up here ongoing list of ranking every video game movie at the bottom number 7 Max Payne number 6 Rampage number 5 Assassin's Creed number 4 Monster Hunter number 3 Detective Pikachu number 2 Sonic the Hedgehog and number 1 Mortal Kombat 1995. So, um, you know, that list that list will continue to grow. I will continue my life's work until it drives me insane. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, those are all my movies for the week. Um, uh, what about Joe? You watch any movies this week? No, no movies this week. Um, I might get into some of those those Oscar nominees because I looked at the list. Uh, this morning, yeah. and I, I didn't recognize any of them. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Is this the real list? But uh, yeah, so I might, might try some of those if I can get them. Yeah, give, give Borat a miss if you've not seen it. I wasn't going to, yeah. No, why not? Uh, watch Borat. Uh, no, Borat's good. It's very nice. If, if you want to watch some, if you watch some uh, fake shit, don't tell wrestlers that word, though. Uh, it, it's as fake as wrestling. <laughs> if you're yeah, no, wrestling is you know, sometimes. It hurts, though, Paul. <laughs> It may be fake, but he broke his leg doing it, so... There you go. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of video games... Go on. Which we were, which we were a second ago. Um, I played one this week. Oh, okay. Actually, I played a couple. <laughs> so, I'm still on Mario 3D World. Mm. I'm telling you. Joe, get on it. Get mm. on it. It's mm. right up your alley. Right up your alley. If you enjoyed Odyssey and you enjoyed Mario Bros. Three, yeah, it's it's half a one, half of the other. Uh, I'm on 
the ninth world now, I think. Uh, I've got every collectible up through World 8. <laughs> world 9, I haven't quite yet. Um, but it's real fun. It, and only once you reach World 9 does it start to get properly hard. Okay. There's, there, there is a difficulty spike once you once you roll the credits. Um, so World 9, I'm... I just played through like what I what I'd been doing before is beating excuse me beating the level like getting all the collectibles all the stars the stamp mm. the gold flag before moving to the next level but with world 9 it's so hard I just like just let me beat each level and then I'll try and go back and get what I missed but um yeah some of the levels are so clever in it um but quite tough especially when you get past the credits like I say uh, it's great. I love it. I think it's really, really fun. Really fun to play, even as a single-player game. Hmm. I'm sure playing multiplayer is like madness. Yes. Uh, yeah. Single-player, it's very... The first few levels, the first few worlds aren't so tough. It's very, very easy game to pick up and play. Once you get to World 9, it gets very hard. Um, but yeah, nice, nice, nice little uh, Mario uh, itch scratcher. Uh, and once I beat it, I don't, I don't know if ultimately I will get everything in the game because I, I heard to get all the stamps that you have to like beat every level with every character. There's like five playable characters. And I what? Am not, I am not doing that. Um, but I will get all the stuff. I'll, I'll try at least to get all the stuff in like the playable levels, get all the stars, but I'm not, I'm not doing any doubling back. I'm not doing it. Um, but it's great. And then, and then I will dip my toe into Bowser's Fury, which I'm very yes. excited about. Yeah. As, as new. Uh, I'm still on Stardew Valley as well. Built my um, built my coop, which took took me a while to do. I think I'm like five hours into it now. Built my coop, and um, built a furnace. Went into the mine for the first time. Got attacked by an enemy for the first time. Swung my sword at it real good. Killed it. Um, yeah, I still I still really like in Stardew Valley. I've seen videos of people playing it who are like not even that far ahead of me. Like hour wise, let's say, yeah, on YouTube, and they seem like they're hundred hours ahead of me. I'm like, how do they have all that shit in their farm? Their farm looks real good. My farm is like my house, a coop, a scarecrow, some some crops, and just like random rocks and twigs. I'm like, oh, these people are so good at this game, and I'm not. But it's very enjoyable, very relaxing game. You just go do your loop, talk to the people, chop your wood, um. Uh, but but keeps keeps progressing. Like I said last week, gives gives you objectives to do that progress your story. And I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. It seems like it gets pretty pretty interesting the the more you kind of the deeper you get into it. And then finally, look what arrived. Where are you? Oh oh oh! Little Everdrive sixty four. Oh, it's so cool looking. It's red. Look at that. It's red and see through. Bring bring back see through accessories. Yeah, and has a little, little uh, mini SD card slot there. Nice. So, put my games onto it. I'm gonna have to do a little bit of work though, because while some of them work perfectly fine, some of the because, like I said, I'm I'm playing like ROM hacks and modified versions of the games. Some of them aren't running, so I need to figure out why that is. I tried as best as I could to download. The ROM of games I already own, by the way. So it's <laughs> um, I think I might have like downloaded the US 
copy of Mario 64 by mistake. And that's why, because you're, you're, the ROM, obviously you can get ROM. When you're, when you're emulating a ROM on your laptop, you can play whatever. But when you're playing it on a PAL N64 instead of mm. an NTSC one, that, that does matter. So I, I, maybe I downloaded the wrong ROM or something. But um, yeah, uh, that missing link one I was talking about, that Zelda completely fan-created game that fits between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask runs perfectly. I was playing a bit of that on the N64, which is so cool. Uh, I played a little bit of um, played a little bit of Pokemon Stadium 2, which I never okay. owned. Oh, should I say that out loud? Um, uh, police! This man! <laughs> it's him! In my computer! <laughs> um... So yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, I'm kind of holding off really diving into it until I have a bit more like a finished Mario 3D World, finished uh, Final Fantasy, which I have on the back burner, but I'm I'm going to probably play this week because I'm off work. Um, Stardew Valley. But this will be this will be kept, ready to go when a lull appears between games coming out. I don't really have anything to play. I'm going to play Mario 64 odyssey and mario 64 land and all this crazy this crazy uh user generated contents that i'm really gonna enjoy um that's it for me lovely uh, not much not much on the old games one for me this week um i'm playing old games not as old as n64 but um i played another episode of alan wake um uh, this past sunday um, like I said last week, I really, I really enjoy the week, the episode structure of that game because they are all. It's based on my experience so far. They're like ninety minutes, two hour chunks. Get in, and and also it's like the the, the gunplay isn't amazing. As I mentioned last week, you're primarily you don't have full camera control. It's like the camera is always right. behind you, and the right stick is like very precise flashlight aim because it's kind of half horror, half shooter, and it's like that's cool. It's not amazing, but thankfully it's kind of like, okay, these two hour episodes are divided into, okay, here's a little narrative sequence where you're kind of just walking around talking to people. And then, oh, something weird happens. And, oh, do this little puzzle. Okay, now you're out in the woods. Okay, now you're fighting. Now you're exploring. And then there's a boss fight, and then there's another narrative sequence, and it's over. Uh, you know, and it's kind of like none, none of the individual parts are kind of blowing me away. Like the story's interesting. It's a, it's a kind of a faux Twin Peaksy um, type thing. Uh, you know the third person shooting with a flashlight gimmick it's it's not an open world game but the levels are very open none of those are particularly amazing but i think it comes together and it's kind of more than some of its parts which i really like which i really appreciate so yeah i'm enjoying that um and the other old game i played i don't know why i started this i've had this game for years and i've never touched it i think i heard it mentioned on a podcast or something and i was like i should i'll play that i should play it psychonauts uh for the playstation 2 the uh, Tim Schafer uh, classic, I suppose it's a classic. Um, yeah, so it's like a, a a platformer that the first couple of levels, the thing it immediately reminded me of for some reason was Banjo Kazooie. Um, I don't know why. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a lot like it. I think it's just the animation style and the kind of charming little aesthetic and and the, the the little hub world you're kind of you're kind of wandering around not getting all the collectibles and um, it's really it's really fun it, it handles really good it looks nice enough um so the way i'm playing this is it was released as a ps2 backwards compatible ps4 game and that is also backwards compatible on the ps5 so that's how i'm playing it 
Um, and the thing about those PS2 games is that they didn't really do any work to them. They got they they run at the high resolution, and they've added trophies, and that's about it. They didn't. They have not touched an asset in that game. Um, and I think the game mostly looks fine. Some of the textures are a bit blurry, but like you know, whatever. Um, the only problem is the cutscenes, which are pre-rendered, and they show their age because they're blown up on a big 1080p television, and they're blocky and they're like being displayed at a resolution they were never supposed to on a size of TV they were probably never supposed to, and you can tell the artwork in them is good, but the, the actual video quality is, is really bad, which is a shame because um, the writing yeah. is really charming and it's really funny. Basically, you play this little kid who kind of sneaks away to go to this summer camp for gifted kids who are training to become psychonauts, which is basically um, uh, mind invasion, like paramilitary soldiers. It's, it's, it's really weird. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's like a government agency or what. That, not, that hasn't been specified. But again, it's, the presentation is kind of light and frothy and kind of banjo-esque. Um, uh, yeah, so you've kind of got this little hub world and then the missions are all in people's heads. And so I played one inside your, your drill instructor trainer's mind. And it's like a world war two movie type thing. And, um, and you know, the levels are kind of classic platforming in, in the 3d sense in the vein of a, of a, uh, you know, a banjo or even getting a little bit of a crash vibe off them, uh, fairly linear with a little bit of exploration. If you go off the beaten path, you'll find uh, collectibles and things like that that can be used to level up and stuff like that. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, um, and it, it, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely finish it. And it's, it's kind of got me thinking, oh, a, a sequel made on modern hardware, which has been announced years and years and years ago. I don't know where it is now, um, but would be good. So, um, yeah, only only old games at the moment. There's not, there's not a whole lot out new that's kind of grabbing me. So um, One thing you yeah. said there, though, reminded me of my one gripe with mario 3d world Go which on. is kind of it, it's the style of the game which i understand it's, it, it's also a gripe i have which is that it has a mostly fixed camera yeah um which depending on where you are you can jigger it about not quite even 45 degrees yeah either way but you can't you can't just turn and look down the level or turn and look back doesn't that mm. no option and that does on some of the trickier le- levels, make the platforming quite difficult. Yeah. Because um, unlike, you know, Mario Bros. 3, where you're on a 2D plane and you're just going from left to right, you jump over the... the from platform to platform over the gap. This one is there's a lot more going on. And it does have a 3D, like, depth of field. Yeah. So you're not only going left and right, you're going up and down as well. And because the camera is fixed, sometimes it's hard to judge exactly the jump you have to do. Right or to, or to get the collectible you have to get so you have to jump over a thing and get the star oh I I jumped too far I'm too far forward or too mm. far back and um, Mario 3D Land on the 3DS um, had the same control scheme and and camera but because that has the 3D effect you're able to judge it's probably the best use of 3D on the console yeah you're able to judge a lot better how deep in you are whereas on 3D World it's it's a bit tricky sometimes. That's all. Yeah, is that the games for this week? It is. Alrighty. Uh, we can jump in then to the old uh, email. Uh, I'll, I've got an email here to read, and I will do so now. 
First one is from the old uh, Scott the Boy McAvoy. He says, after hearing you and the lads discuss the Moxley versus Omega match, I guess I owe Bleacher Report Live an apology. I'd intended on getting the pay-per-view, but around 7 I tried logging onto their app and it wouldn't launch. I gave up after a few minutes and was disappointed that I wasn't going to see the match, but now I feel like I'm the one who made out because I got to save $50 on some extra sleep that night. Um, yeah, I heard, I don't think people like that, that, that app in general, from what I've heard from American pals. Um, I think if they had the option, they, they would rather use the fight gimmick, but it's, it's blocked. It's region blocked. I believe, uh, thinking about the barbed wire and how you describe the guys as blooding each other up made me think, what is the bloodiest match you've ever seen? Personally, I think the tap by death match in ECW between Ian and Axel Rotten might have been the worst insane premise and enough blood to satisfy the cast of true blood. And he's given us a pick one. We'll do that in a second. Bloodiest match, though. <sighs> Bloodiest match. See, I feel like it's probably not going to be like some kind of barbed wire thing. It's probably just like a match where one guy got a really disgusting gusher. Yeah, um, that's mine. Like probably the John Cena JBL match is the one that comes to mind. I was going to say JBL Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, JBL had quite the run there. Um, oh, there's like oh, there's one in my head, and I can't think of who's in it. Oh, God. The that is it. The the one the I can't remember the event. The 2007 quad tear match for Triple H. It's like they New like Year's hit, Revolution. Yeah, they like hit Randy Orton with a chair, and he's fucking as as the match is falling apart because Triple H's leg is exploded. He is like passing out in the ring from all this blood loss he's had. It's really horrific. Um, yeah, that one's up there. The the two JBL matches, uh, the Pentagon Vampiro match is pretty gruesome because um, they're both bleeding. And Pentagon has like a scrap of his mask on, and it's just and he's wearing. They're both wearing white, you know. I don't know if Vampire's not wearing white, but uh, uh, Pentagon's wearing white. Yeah, those are, those are some of the ones off the top of my head. Yeah, that Eddie Guerrero a, one. I just remember the ring being covered in. I've never seen it before. There was a, a Samoa Joe versus Jay Briscoe cage match. I think it was. Oh where yeah, Jay Briscoe was just like. You could. See, it was like a fountain. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a little water fountain of blood coming out of his head. Uh, he was in really bad shape. But yeah, that was that was another match. Yeah, it was like oh god. I think I still have that DVD here somewhere because it was like coagulating, and he yeah. was he had like lumps coming. Out. It was yeah. fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, uh, Scott has a pick one here. EC Dub Edition. Uh, Public Enemy. The Nasty Boys or the Eliminators. It's got to be the Eliminators. It's New Jack. <laughs> it's like easy. I've yeah. never liked the Nasty Boys. Um, and, you know, God rest public enemy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Eliminators were cool as fuck. Yeah. The, just the kick, the um, high and low kick. Yeah. Oh, so great. So great. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, as always, Scott for the, uh, the mail. I've second mail here from Jamie. He says, hi lads. With the recent editions of Big Show and Christian in mind, how do you guys feel AEW has handled their ex-WWE talent? Anyone not differentiated themselves enough and still doesn't feel AEW to you? 
And that's from Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie, for your mail, as always. Uh, I think generally they've done pretty well. I think, I think, um, uh, I like the, I like FTR. I didn't like FTR at first. I, I was not getting it at all. I think thankfully they sorted themselves out before this big angle with MJF because I, uh, I you know, I wouldn't have liked where they were last year to do this. Uh, you know, Sean Spears, like he's not amazing, but he, I think he's done a decent job. He's not the 10 guy anymore. I don't think he wants to be the 10 guy. I think that's good. And, and people don't even chant it at him as a joke. Like I do appreciate that he's done a good job to move on. Um, and yeah, you know, Taz has done a great job. I think, I think the vast majority of people have done a good job of, of establishing themselves as, Hey, I'm not, you know, the guy you thought with the uh, one of the exception that kind of proves the rule. I think Miro is the only one who has, has been a, been a disappointment, uh, in that he kind of has two modes. He kind of acts like Rusev or he acts like uh gamer boy 69. Um, <laughs> And it's the worst of worth both worlds, where it's like the, it's like he does the act we're already familiar with, and then the new stuff he does is shit. You know, um, yeah. I was going to say he he feels like he is different than AW, but like worse. Whereas yeah. everyone else feels better, almost. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in what you know because we don't we don't really know yet. We've had like one segment. I'm really interested to see what Christian can bring to the table, like a guy who's been on TV for 20 years. He's 47. And even when he went to TNA, it was kind of like, he wasn't someone different in TNA. It was very much like, hey, I'm Christian, but I'm in TNA. And it was great. You know, it was it was really exciting time, but it was not. And so I'm kind of wondering now, after, like I said, 20 years on television, is he now just going to be, hey, I'm Christian. You know me, I'm Christian. <laughs> you know, like... Is that going to fly in AEW? But uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's, too, it's a bit too early to tell with Christian and Big Show. Mm. I, th- I think so far, I, I don't like how either of them has been used, to be honest. Um, I think you, we, obviously, we get to Dynamite. I don't want to talk too much about Dynamite now, but I think you put it perfectly, Barry, I think I saw your tweet, uh, low energy. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about anyone else. I've seen, obviously, our feelings about Matt Hardy are very well known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jr. is doing the same old stuff. Jr. doesn't yeah. know half of the people's names. Yeah, uh, but they, I think they want him to do the same old stuff, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess the rules don't matter. <laughs> oh, Jim. Uh, those are my emails there for the week. Thank you, gentlemen. I have I have one email from uh, Mr. Mr. Scott. Um, he says, subject, is Tony Khan the problem? <laughs> uh, good evening, Joe. This I listen no to... He's <laughs> a big Jaguars fan. <laughs> um, I listen to good old JR on his podcast, and he mentions every week what a fan of wrestling and what a historian that Tony Khan is. I'm wondering if this isn't the problem with AEW when it comes to the pay-per-view. JR mentions a lot of WWE pay-per-views in the past had too many matches on in order to get people a payday. And from the conversation you three have had about AEW, it sounds like they're doing the same. Need to get more people on the show, tag team battle royal. Don't have a match for someone, they can do a run end. I'm pretty sure you can't answer this, but the last pay-per-view was over half the AEW roster on the show. 
and then he has a pick one for us. Well, on on that, I mean, uh, well, it's Tony Khan the problem. He's the booker and promoter. So if, if anything's going wrong, then it, yes, he's the problem. Yeah. Um, and I think we have spoken in the past. There was, um, it seemed like they were just constantly signing more and more people. And that was before we got to kind of Miro, um, Big Show, Christian, uh, and all the other kind of independent guys that have been signed. Um, I think it's a bit of a problem. I don't think it's just the pay-per-views. I think it's more of an overall problem um, with, you know, how do they fit all these people on one show and having a kind of that kind of bloated roster. Um, but I don't think the I don't think that that's why the pay-per-view suffered, though. I think the, the tag team battle royal was kind of fine. Uh, and I think most of them, you know, most of the matches delivered. It just wasn't as good as it could have been. When you think of the talent they've got, mm. and we've and we're getting uh, Paige versus you know Matt Hardy, yeah, or we're getting the Cassidy and good friend, you know, best friends match. Uh, I don't think it's it's too many people. It's a it's just not quite right. You think you think they could be having these great matches on pay per view? They have a ma- really good main events most weeks. So you'd think that when it comes to a pay-per-view every three months, they can have just a completely stacked, you know, seven, eight match, four-star, you know, every match classic. But it doesn't always seem to pay off. But yeah. But thanks. Thanks for that, Scott. That's an interesting uh, perspective on that. Scott also has a, a pick one dessert edition. Oh, hello. Oh, says, um, the experts are in the house. <laughs> he says uh, cookie dough ice cream, mm. mint chocolate chip ice cream or Reese's peanut butter cup ice cream. Any any thoughts on those three? I'm not one of those weirdos who's like it should be banned from existence, but I don't have a great love of mint ice cream. Um, there are people who hate it. I don't hate it, but I'm not I'm not big into it. I yeah. I'd probably go cookie dough of those options. I don't particularly like any of those options, to be honest. Um, mm. I would probably go cookie dough as well, though. Um, although yeah. mint, I, I'm I'm like Barry. I I get on with mint. I don't hate mint like people do. Yeah, um, I wouldn't pick mint, but if it was on no. offer, I'd go, ah, go on then. The if they just cream. had some mint ice cream. You know. If you've got one going spare, I'll go, yeah, why not? Yeah. Peanut yeah. butter, I, not at all. Not for me. Peanut butter is think- weird. Don't be having peanut butter. I think that this is a a shake, marry, kill for me because I don't like peanut butter at all. So kill peanut no. butter, uh, shag mint chocolate chip, uh, marry cookie dough. I love, I love cookie dough ice cream. So yeah, that's it. It's unanimous. It's a unanimous cookie dough. Now I just have the idea in my head of you like Rich Evans with the droid, but with a, a little <laughs> carrot ice cream. Carrot ice cream. I love ice cream. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my emails over to you. Uh, okay, all right, I got them in the Okay, first email is from Will, and I've been looking forward to this email ever since I received it <laughs> okay. uh, five days ago. Subject: Debatilla Kong Lee. <laughs> 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 so he says, "Hi, Paul." Round two of Debate Cali. Each debater gets 30 seconds each uh, <laughs> to give their arguments for the for their topic. This week's topic is who would win in a fight, Godzilla 
versus King Kong. As you are our resident kaiju expert, I'll let you decide which side gets which monster. As a mm. chair, you will then decide this week's victor. Final round next week, Will. Okay. Ooh. So, uh, Barry, okay. you are going to be on the side of Godzilla. Okay. Okay. Not like you said on your... Netflix. No, I yeah, I I'm a Kong man, but I can I can in the spirit of the game, I can absolutely fight for my man Godzilla. And Joe, you're going to be on the side of King Kong. Okay, okay. All right, Barry, let me get the timer up here. Sure. You have thirty seconds to uh, to argue the side of of Godzilla, and your time starts in three, two, one. Okay, I think in most of the documentation I've seen and most of the studies that have been done, Godzilla has a sizable frame and size advantage. Okay, this is not one-to-one. This is not... Keep in mind, like, all the movies you've seen where Godzilla is striding just past the the, the skyscrapers. He's a, he's a fucking unit. King Kong, oh, I'm climbing up the Empire State Building. Oh, here I come. I'm coming to the top needle. Oh, And then he gets shot down by what? A couple of planes. They're throwing peanuts out the window at him. And he's like, oh. Also, um, um, the real tragedy is my heart's broken. All right. Loser, um, <laughs> fucking what? A, <laughs> like, like Godzilla is the king, king of the king of the monsters. King Kong's the king of the simp's. Little, little fucking loser. Can I have a crumb of human coochie dweeb? Um, uh, and and the, the main the main reason Godzilla would win is is not just his alpha ness, but also it's the fire breath, it's the radiation breath. Kong, little little tiny little Kong, wouldn't get anywhere near him. He'd just blast him away, um, and he'd fly across the entire city through buildings um, like that really shitty fight in Man of Steel. Uh, he'd go through building upon building upon building, um, and Godzilla would just be there like, "What? My movies may be worse, but you can't touch me." Um, so. Ooh. Uh, so that's and I yield my right. time. Right. You might have you might have thrown it away there at the end. <laughs> I know what you're thinking as well, Joe. Uh, Barry had far more than thirty seconds there. Yeah, that was about three minutes. Like, what are you talking about? One, one minute twenty-five. But what? I thought he was on. A good, <laughs> he was on a good little roll. I didn't want to stop. Oh, okay. Sorry. You should have. You should have cut right. me off. You should have cut me off. Give Joe his ninety uh, seconds. Uh, I am. Um, in charge, Barry. Don't be questioning my chairmanship here. Thanks very much. Okay. I don't. I, right. I don't need ninety seconds. Joe, right. you've, you're on side of King Kong. Your time starts in three, two, one. Well, first of all, the clue is in the name, King Kong. He's the king of the jungle. He's an ape, and when it comes to fighting, he's got the reach. Okay, Godzilla's got those tiny little. <laughs> lizardy arms you know he's scuttering around like a little lizard kong's got a big old reach it, you know if a monkey say like a normal monkey's probably got like a 10 foot reach he's probably got about 50 foot because he's massive right so he's just swinging around he's knocking godzilla around and if you watch those godzilla movies right all of the wreckage and all the buildings falling down and everything why is that it's because godzilla's so clumsy he can't move he's not agile he hasn't got the speed he's like big showing kane in there in a like, <laughs> stumbling around can't move kong's swinging he's swinging out he's climbing up buildings he's swinging he wouldn't get caught up in the like the steel cables on a bridge <laughs> and so while godzilla's there fumbling around caught in the wires kong's going mad and 
uh, he's also shagging some lovely bird on the phone as well. <laughs> Godzilla probably just what self reproduces asexual little <laughs> fucking nerdy lizard. Uh, not a big king of the jungle ape monkey man with a big brain. All right, very good. Um, still under Barry's time, so I'll give you a bonus point for that. Okay. That's 116. Ooh, this is a toughy one now. Um, who argued it better? I'll say no one made any Chris Benoit references this week. So <laughs> missed opportunities there. Um, see, I'm trying to take my bias out of it now because obviously I'm a big Godzilla head. Um, I obviously Barry, I didn't want to give it away at the time, but I didn't like when you said that King Kong's movies were fair. That was a bit of a slap in the face. That was, I take that as a personal affront. Well, if we're if we're talking um, the mod, the most recent movies, you know, Godzilla has two attempts to be good and he's failed. So, we're not, we're not in a movie career. It's a fight. It's a fight. So, yeah. Um, no, I like Joe's. Joe also buttered me up by referencing the movie I reviewed this week, so I appreciated that. <laughs> and also, I liked when he, I liked particularly the bit where Kong uh, is going to swing on the, the suspension bridge wires like a vine. That, that was a nice little image conjured from my head. And it's true, Godzilla got caught in them. He is a clumsy, a bit of a clumsy, although in the 98 one, there's a bit where he does the jump into the river, and he does it all Slickly, mm. and there's like a tiny little splash. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, I am going to give the victory this week. Ooh, I'm going to give it to Joe. Yeah, I'm give it to Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I will say if we ever do these again, and you know that I think the Godzilla movies are better, probably play up to that a little bit because I will. Oh, no, I refuse. I will to come back to play to, play to you, Mary. I will come back and I will shoot you with the laser breath like Kong's little I, monkey I, ass is going to get. I will weeks. I will hate the player and I will hate the game as well if that's if that's what's going to require to win because I I simply will not do that. Oh, see see I would I would say Barry your your um debate there was was very much like the uh the Moxley Omega match. It was very <laughs> explosive. There were some some risky moves and then at the end when the explosion was going to happen, oh, nothing happened. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, anyway, thanks very much for that, Will. I guess we're getting one next week. It's going to be who was the, who got the first one? It was me against Barry. So it's going to be me, me against Joe next week. Let's mm. yeah. see how that one goes. Second email from Nick. Hello, Nick. Don't think I've heard from you before. So, subject: wrestlers turned actors. Well, you've come to the right guy to talk about this because I've watched every film The Rock has ever been in. <laughs> if new if new listeners uh, have joined the podcast in recent times, you missed that whole odyssey. Yeah, where I listened to, I watched every film The Rock has been in. Uh, spoilers: the majority of them are a big old heap of shit. Uh, so Nick says, "Hello, gents. Uh, I've been watching the final season of Vikings." And surprised to see Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, doing a decent job playing one of the Vikings in the show. Decent accent and everything. Uh, who is the best wrestler turned actor in your opinions? And why is it The Rock? <laughs> I named the film Snitch as evidence. Um, so I have seen Snitch. So I can I can uh, make comment on that. Snitch is that one film where The Rock, I think he cries in it. I think it's the oh, one where wow. Rock is trying to be like, 
trying to do a, a, a little Dave Batista on it where he's like, look, I'm a real actor. I'm not only in Fast and Furious 7 or whatever. Um, I will say, though, Snitch is also, despite having, you know, arguably The Rock's best ever performance in it, Snitch is also not a good movie. So, yeah, half of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, or six of one, half a dozen of the other is actually the phrase. So who is the best wrestler turned actor? I mean, The Rock is obviously the most successful one. Is he the best, though? No. I mean, to me, even though Snitch has been has been used here as evidence, I, I would look at his his full filmography. <laughs> That's my evidence and say... Rampage. The Rock, the Rock is more uh, about making people smile than making a good movie or, or actually being good in it. He wants to climb the skyscraper. He wants to save his kids and and just be the rock. Basically, I don't know that. I don't know that I really rate the rock as an actor. To be fair, um, <laughs> then we have uh, David Batista, who in Guardians of the Galaxy, very good, although much better in one than two. I think they, they even though it's the same writer and everything, I think they didn't really get why Batista worked as Drax in the first yeah. one. Because in the first one, he was like totally deadpan. And then the second one, he's like a laughing buffoon. Yeah, he's like, let me let me just do a tight five, you know. Mm. Batista was also in Blade Runner, and he was in the James Bond Spectre. Yeah, Spectre. He was, good. he was pretty good in that. He was good. Anything, but he was good. What about yeah. Jesse Ventura? Ooh. Have I seen him in anything? Predator. Predator. Oh, he's in Predator, of course, yeah. Uh, he's in Predator dropping some sex sexist slurs left and right. I also don't I, I think he predominantly does roles like that, and they are mm. usually of that caliber. And oftentimes they're not in movies that good that can uh no. Predator is good though. Predator is very good, but um yeah, so I don't know if that I, that wasn't a, an actual suggestion to be better than the rocks. Another name. How, how about how about Big Kev? <laughs> Sexy Kevin Nash. Really um, hilarious delivery on Mr. Vic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but but I, I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more like Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Um, yeah. Ninja Turtles Two. Punisher. Secret of the Ooze. Punisher. Um, Steve Austin was in The Longest Yard. <laughs> Great Cali. Um, have we talked about John Cena in this conversation yet? I have never watched any of the Marine films. Well, I think Blockers is the only film I've ever seen him in. Blockers, I've seen him in. What's that Amy What's-Her-Face movie? Trainwreck. He's, he's, he's good in that. He's about, you know, okay. to be honest, like, The Rock has the advantage because he's the volume. And so he's been mm. in a lot of shite, but he's also probably been in more movies where you recognize, oh yeah, that was fun. He was in that. But, but uh, I think John Cena probably has a higher batting average, to be honest, in terms of like performances where I watch it. I went, wow, like John Cena was like actually really good in that. Oh, he was in um he was in Bumblebee as well. Oh yeah, and he was he, well, he wasn't great. He was alright in that. You know, he was a, a generic villain, but he, he did well with that. Yeah. Mm. Fighting with my family. Doesn't really count. That doesn't count. Either. 
Bumblebee. Playing John Cena. Oh, I saw him in Ferdinand as well. That Never animated that. movie that it was, I think it was Oscar nominated. So it was not very good. Although it was one of those movies that I laughed because I saw in cinema. I laughed for about 15 straight minutes at one bit of it. Oh, you must have been a joy to sit behind. Nope. Very annoying. Sideshow Bob over there. <laughs> it was very much that. Um, Bret Hart and The Simpsons, obviously, speaking of. Um, I think for this, I think actually I'll go John Cena. I think I will pick John Cena for this. Out of the Batista, because uh, Cena's films, they're not... And he, he is that same thing where he's... Um, as The Rock, where he's just... He is being John Cena. And I know it's hard for him not to be John Cena, because he is. And he's just a very huge man who appears in a comedy movie. And you're like, yeah. why is this man so huge? He's just someone's dad. And he's like 300 pounds of muscle. But he is, he is, he's funny. But I think Batista's actually been in good movies. And he's added a little something to each other. So I go for Big big Dave Bautista. Yeah, I'm going to go Big Dave as well. Only because... I like how he's transcended like action movies to to star in in more pretentious movies, which other other wrestlers haven't quite gotten away with. Yeah, and then makes fun of shit movies. Even yeah. <laughs> with his right hand, he makes fun of shit movies. With his left hand, he stars in Escape Plan Two. Signing the old contract. <laughs> uh, so thanks for your email, anyway, uh, Nick. And then finally, we have Scott with, have you placed your pre-order yet? Good evening, Paul. With the announcement of the remix of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, I'm wondering if you've pre-ordered one or both, and if so, which one? Uh, I haven't. I'm I'm not massively into Diamond and Pearl. Um, I still own them, so there's really no need to play them again. I also don't really like how the the art style looks for the remix. I don't, mm. I'm not really into it. I'm not really into it. I had the the thought of pre-ordering them has literally not crossed my mind for one second until I got your email. Um, that Pokemon Legends game looks more interesting, but I'm even even on that, I'm not so sure how it's going to work. I need to see more of it. Yeah. Anyway, Scott continues. AEW seem to have the opposite issue uh, that ECW used to have. ECW used to have great pay-per-view shows, but their week-to-week shows were mostly filler with one good match. AEW seems to have good week-to-week shows, but their PPVs seem to fail to deliver. I mean, I would say that's true maybe of the last one or two. Prior to that, I think they're pretty solid with their pay-per-views. Add to this that AEW seems to have production values that make Impact look good. I will will grant you that, Scott. That is 100% true. Um, I'm wondering if Tony Khan is just a richer version of Dixie Carter. (laughs) No, he's smarter than that. Well, I mean... Look, if Tony Khan is down clinging onto Sting's leg as he <laughs> ships up for greener pastures, we we we'll, we'll consider that. But um, I mean, his company is also like within a year of existing was way more successful than hers ever was. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, look, I I'll always have a soft spot for TNA. Of course, yeah, yeah. TNA of old, I'll always love it. But um, yeah, I mean, as you say, a year and a half into AEW, like we were saying with Christian and Big Show, we have to, a little bit early to start making casting judgment and casting dispersions. Yeah, um, I definitely think with Tony Khan, there is a little bit of 
Dixie Carter in this, insofar as mm. I would prefer him to be a lot more the man behind the curtain. I don't, I don't I'm not really into how visible he is constantly as a presence with his little I don't want to call him I don't want to call him goofy but his little he sometimes he looks like a kid on his on the first day of school <laughs> yeah he does on the video, it does impact as he's like a little there's a substitute teacher in so he gets to be bowled you know is is like the energy he has <laughs> and although I wouldn't say he's quite there yet that is the path you go down that leads to Dixie Carter unfortunately um. Anyway, he also provides a pick one, and it's an acting one. Um, and I'm going to give it a name that he's not given, but I'm going to call this segment "Hugh." Are you going to pick? <laughs> All right. So you've got Hugh Grant, Hugh Jackman, ooh, and Hugh Go Weaving. So, uh... right off the bat, Hugh Grant. Paddington, and then a load of British rom-coms. Uh, yeah, British rom-coms where he uh, acts like a cunt and then goes, I've, I've been a right old cunt, and um, I'd, I'd love if we could talk about it over tea. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Perfectly frightful. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, we sound like we've never met a British person in our entire lives. No, but Hugh Grant, yeah. I, I would say even Joe would agree, Hugh Grant is a special sub-genre of British people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he, he exists somewhere between the people and the monarchy. He's kind of <laughs> in that grey area. Oh, dear. We almost made it the whole way through the show without talking about the, mon- the monarchy. Uh, so Hugh Grant, I must say, like I say, Paddington, I've not seen, I've not seen Notting Hill, I've not seen, I probably not, it's already seen a handful of Hugh Grant films. Um, Hugh Jackman, X Men, and that obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prisoners, Prisoners, Denis Nerve. Uh, great show. Les Miserables, Les Mis. My name is Java. That's my name. That's that's Russell Crowe. <laughs> Do not forget my name. Always worth remembering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Eddie the Eagle. He's in that. Uh, yeah. He was bad, in Real bad Steel. Education. I, um, mm. Oh, he was in um, The Prestige. Mm. Oh, of course. A fine film. Mm. Which, we, which I think we agreed on a week Barry was off the best Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. Or am I wrong and remember that? I think we, I think we did. We did. We did. We had to rewatch The Prestige Memento. That's what it was. Prestige is the better. Uh, Hugo Weaving, right, is an interesting one. You have The Matrix, obviously, and The Lord of the Rings, obviously. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take Matrix 1, obviously. Matrix 2 and 3, not for me. Lord of the Rings, I love. Speaking of, We were speaking, by the way, earlier about um, re-edits of like, Star Wars and that. Yeah. And you were saying last week you you were going to watch you were watch, started watching Lord of the Rings and potentially then The Hobbit. There is an, uh, a fan edit of The Hobbit oh, that okay. apparently takes out a lot of the old shite out of it. Gets, the, most, gets most down to the length that probably should have been. 
Yeah, well, apparently it, it takes out anything that wasn't in the book. Oh, okay. So a lot of stuff that was kind of superfluously added by Peter Jackson is, is removed. Um, Hugo Weaving is obviously in Captain America as well. The boring one. Um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> Struggling for Hugo. What else Hugo Weaving in? Uh, no, that's it. Ah, I must have seen him in something else. I'd rule out Hugh. I think Hugo. I don't like Lord of the Rings and most of those Matrix films are shite. So. <laughs> he was in V for Vendetta, which I quite like. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. V for Vendetta. But I'd, I'd rule out weaving. Uh, yeah, I'm going to weave away from choosing him. Okay. Right, it's Jackman for me fairly easily. Um, Jackman? No. Yeah. Not to, take, not to take Hugh Grant for granted, but he's only, from what I enjoy, I think About a Boy and Paddington 2 are really, really good. But apart from that, I'm not, I won't really be into any of his other stuff. So I, after, after Paul mentioned The Prestige, I'm going, yeah, full-on Jackman. Prestige, uh, the Pre- X-Men. The Prestige has got it. Prestige, X-Men, Prisoners. The boy. The boy Jackman. Yeah. He's 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 done. He's ticked all the boxes. He's ticked the the Villeneuve box, the Nolan box, and the uh, the pedo box. So he's got. <laughs> Although no, Logan obviously wasn't directed by uh, Hugh. Should not be named. It was um, James Mangold, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I believe. Is that all our emails? That is them. That's a healthy group of emails that was a, a bumper week for the emails thanks every uh, thanks very much everyone for getting in touch um i don't think we have too much to talk about on on dynamite obviously we got the big um just, just quickly before we start dynamite apparently we were talking about the rocks films earlier apparently charlotte flair is, is attached to star in a remake of walking oh, yeah. tall where she's going to play the rock okay i mean the rocks one is obviously a remake itself but like she's gonna start another remake. yeah but he, his one is the most well-known one i mean unless of course um you're a preferable to the kevin sorbo a direct to dvd um uh ver- version i'm not pre- i'm not partial to anything kevin sorbo's involved well, in, with her kitties what the 90s they were a brilliant time for television um the yeah, she can't act in wrestling, so I don't know why they're doing that. Um, <laughs> but whatever, is it a a movie or a TV show or who cares? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, so, so I'm not gonna watch it either way. Why did I? Why did I even bring it up? I don't know. I, I think that that is mildly that. interesting. I mean, that is that is a wrestler getting an actual TV job. I um, think it's a film. No, it's on the USA Network. There you go. Oh. I'll explain how she got it, I guess, then. <laughs> uh, she's going to be bringing in the money then from that to, uh, to keep Andrade going because he's not much Yeah, I suppose that's kind of one of the more interesting news stories of the week was the, that whole um, thing. Andrade apparently asked for his release and has been denied it. So we could, I was about to say we could be entering a phase where he sits at home and does nothing, but we've been in that phase for about a year <laughs> at this stage. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it seems like he was one of the people who really lost favor. He was a he was a Heyman project, and when Heyman left, that was uh, that was it for him. But yeah, so uh, no no further developments beyond that. He got turned down. So yeah. 
uh, on the old dynamite, uh, we did have the big angle where they finally pulled the trigger on the whole MJF Jericho thing. Uh, tried to turn the inner circle on Jericho. He swerved, and they all aligned Jericho to turn on MJF. And then we got the reveal of a new MJF stable with the Wardlow, Sean Spears, and FTR, uh, and Tully, obviously. Um, yeah, so they did a beatdown, really good beatdown, I thought, to end the show of, of Jericho and the lads. Yeah. I like the direction they went in. Um, we had been theorizing for a long time that it was going to be MJF taking over the, the inner circle and kicking Jericho out. And I like that they they alluded to that as a kind of red herring. Mm. Um, um, and they, they, they didn't quite go that direction, but they used that as the, the leverage to move in the direction they went in. So I thought that was clever. Yeah. I think it's good having um, Santana and Ortiz as, as faces as well. I think that'd be really good baby faces. Mm, yeah, I, I, I didn't anticipate them turning the whole inner circle mm. baby face, and I didn't really consider the, the implications of that. But I think that'll work for Guevara, certainly. Santana yeah. Ortiz. Less so for Hager. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him yeah. as a baby face. But uh, the rest of them. Stands in the background anyway. <laughs> and Gurns. Doesn't yeah. do much, yeah. I think they can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, elsewhere on the show, they tried to make make sense of the explosion, non-explosion. Oh, dreadful. dreadful. Uh, would you didn't like it? I well, let me let me roll that back. I I like the Eddie Kingston, um, Moxley union, mm-hmm. but every time they allude to. Oh, it was uh, it was intentionally bad. Yeah, that just makes my like skin crawl a little bit, my toes curl. Um, I, I, I just, I just, it, I, it's not even so much what what they're doing creatively. It's just the whole the whole deal with the ring explosion and the shift, the shifting the blame to, uh, you know kayfabe reasons i just don't jive with it at all i don't get on with it i think if they had just come out and said look it is what it is storyline wise we have to like adapt go ahead with it i think that would be fine you know i i'd be a lot more kind of forgiving about it but all the not even secrecy but all the like alluding to this and that and and plugging on with it anyway i'm not a fan like i i think it's very unfortunate that it happened the way it did, and, and to an extent, it was out of their hands. It kind of wasn't, but also to an extent, obviously, they didn't want it to happen that way. And it's also a kind of a, a, a regret of how good the the Moxley Kingston reunion would have been had things gone to plan versus what yeah. we're getting now, which makes it feel a bit like an undercooked version of what we could have had. Um. And then they're going to, oh, well, Impact paid for it, which feels like, cheap as well. Yeah. Just a lot of that I'm not, I'm not into, really. Yeah, you don't you don't want to make people feel stupid for caring. I think that's why, because WWE's been doing that for a decade. Yes, that's exactly. Why, that's why we don't watch it anymore. Um, yeah, and it also makes Moxley and Kingston, who are, both two kind of badass guys on the show they look like idiots because they got fooled 
They got fooled yeah. by the heels and now they look like dumbasses. So hopefully they get some kind of retribution. I think they really need that in the next few weeks. They need to blow up Kenny Omega <laughs> in a car or something. Just blow him up. Well, that's the thing is they, they, they can kind of... Austin thing with the crane, drop the car. <laughs> bang. The problem is they can kind of never do this again now because... Oh, yeah. yeah no. they, they, people have been burnt. Well, not on pay-per-view. They could, they could potentially, although I'm, I'm sure they're not going to be allowed to do a barbed wire deal on, on uh, Dynamite. But um, yeah, how can you ever try and yeah. something like this on pay per view again? With if, uh, if they if they thought they could get they could do a make good, and they're like, right, we're going to work with like a, the, an elite like pyro guy and try and do it safely, but in a way that still looks incredible. I I would would if they could at all if they were allowed, I would try and do it on TV because you can't yeah you can't ask people to pay for it again. Um, and I feel like it's more of a symbolic apology make good if you do it on television. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I if there's part of their mindset that's like, if we if we do a make good, is that like admitting that we didn't deliver on pay per view or whatever? That maybe yeah, it's doing it, but I was I'm always of the mindset of like, look, it didn't go wrong. What they should have done is just come out and be honest about it. And if they yeah, if they do a make good, do a make good, but. Yeah, um, yeah. I I thought, given the circumstances, I thought they did as well as they could, but as well as they could, like, still wasn't that good. I I, I am with you in the sense that I, it's it. I think we said this last week at the time. It's just it's very WWE trying to turn it into heel heat, but the promotion is the heel in this instance, and that's bad. Um, so yeah. Um, so next week they're doing Moxley and Kingston against the Good Brothers, which which should be all right as far as Good Brothers matches go. I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah, well, at least they can't run in during it. <laughs> no, yeah, very slowly. Um, yeah, the the no longer the Impact Tag Team Champions. Did they lose? They did to Private Party. No, they lost to uh, Finn Juice. On, uh, oh God, yeah, everything's so weird now. I forgot Finn Juice. It's like it's very weird. Like, like I remember at the time, like apparently Juice, the reason he didn't work in Ring of Honor anymore is because he was just like, "This is shit. I don't want to do this anymore." And now he's in Impact. Well, and, he's still under contract in New Japan, and obviously, in pandemic times, he's kind of limited. I suppose, yeah, I can do. I guess, yeah. Um. So yeah, so so that match would be be interesting. Um. I don't think there's too much else from this impact. Uh, impact, my God, what year is it? Uh, Dynamite. Uh, good opener. Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson and Phoenix was really fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was other solid matches, and I can't remember what they were. Uh, they had the six woman tag, uh, which was alright. Um, yeah, Darby against Scorpio Sky was quite. That good. that was quite good. Yeah. Um, I never really felt like Scorpio was going to win. No, which is a shame because they've done the start stop with him so often. Yeah, um, yeah. Now he turned heel after, but it was weird because last week on Dynamite he came off healy, and then at the pay per view he kind of came off heelish, and then at this match he like shook Darby's hand and then turned at the end. I was like, eh, you were already being a bit of a prick. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine if he's acting prickly, prickly pear. <laughs> if he's acting prickly and then does a prickish thing, that's like that's logical to me. I don't mind that. It doesn't need to be a a guy who's who's really friendly and then turns into a prick. You know, that, sure. I can I can I can go along with that. Um, 
they're building to a Cody Penta match for next week. Yeah, good. Um, I liked I liked Although, the Penta thing with the translator. I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, I didn't understand why because the, the translator is I forget his name, but he does like interviews for them sometimes. So yeah, I don't understand why he was so into. Well, that's why he, he was funny. saying it like with his chest, like yeah. Penta says he would kill your <laughs> daughter or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like he, it's like he really relished the chance to tell Cody he was gonna get fucked up for some reason. You know, <laughs> like, why is he that. saying it like that to Cody? <laughs> I love that. It was so good. Uh, and then, and then Penta finished it. He had his out English line here, or there. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, yeah, so that's so that's nice. So they are kind of trying to build up this week's show as kind of a big um, St. Patrick's Day special or whatever the fuck they're calling. Uh, St. Paddy's Day Slam. They're gonna have they're gonna have lucky lucky charms and um, they're probably not allowed to say Guinness. So I I, I don't know what Swaggle they would. will make an appearance. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that until you said it. Bite mirror on the arse or something. <laughs> okay, that is good. Um, but yeah, so Pentagon versus Cody, Good Brothers versus Mox and Kingston, and then the main event, Lights Out match, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Um, I think that'll be quite good. I'm looking forward to that. Thunder Rosa has been just on fire. Um, yeah. She is like the ace of the women's division, um, which is yeah. great. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. Tonight, we've got um, about 17 matches on the first episode of AEW Dark Elevation. Um, I was into that... Uh, I was excited for that show until they put so many matches on it, and now I'm just kind of like, look, I'm not one of these people who thinks it's hilarious to watch two hours of Dark with Taz doing his mid-2000s TNAs, that SpongeBob gimmick um, <laughs> act. Like I, like I, I might, I'm mildly amused by it when I put it on, but I have no interest in actually watching that weekly. And if this is going to – maybe it's not – I'm going to watch the first episode and see – but if it is just going to be an, another two hours, but big shows on commentary, I don't, I don't care. Um, All right. So we'll see. I'll, we'll talk about it next week. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, two, two more things I just want to mention about Dynamite. Number one is that uh, Maki Ito with the lightest microphone shots <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't think she would have, if, if um, Sheeta had had like a fly on her head, the fly would have flown away <laughs> unscathed. And then second... Uh, low energy Christian Cage coming out at the end of that Kenny Omega brawl. Yeah, it wasn't a good sign, was it? Slowly walked down. Omega went for the handshake, given the uh, picked up the belt. Lads, he's he already the bloom is off the rose for him. <laughs> yeah, he's a boring man. And he it's like, I don't want to. I think people have have gotten a little fired up about this. And said it's a little bit TNA. Um, I I assume before he ever has a match with Kenny, he'll have some normal matches, and they they don't have to put that much work into the ranking. They can have him beat a couple of jabrones. I hope he doesn't just get a match. I'll be really annoyed if he does because it's a company where they haven't they haven't done that. So he picked up the title at the end of that segment. I was like, oh, don't do that. I'm not even opposed to Christian getting a title match. But just coming straight in and going straight for Kenny, I'm like, that's not the way things are typically done here. Um, so I don't, I didn't like that. And as I said, yeah, just like getting that when he's just kind of – he's doing the Kevin Nash walk to the rings. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. uh, you know, teasing the unprettier but not leaving his feet. Fully honky-tonk man in it. You know, Um We'll see. We'll see what they do next week. Again, it's early days. 
they haven't had him at a match. He hasn't done any talking. He hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. So so we'll see. But not uh, not great. That's it, I think. Alrighty. Um, that'll be this week's show. We'll be back uh, at the weekend. Uh, yeah, chatting about that episode of Dynamite that we are looking forward to. Um, I'm trying to think what else is coming up. I'm sure we'll have more Oscar movies discussed and uh, uh, debated. Hey, by the time we do a show again, we'll be living in a post-Snyder Cut world. Um, oh. I will have seen all the Godzilla movies by then as well. Yeah, and in the time it's taken you to watch those, I'll watch the Snyder Cut. Um, <laughs> I I I want to watch it. I do want to watch it, especially because it's getting good reviews. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just you know assume it's shit like the last one. Um, I I want to watch this, but I I mean four hours. I mean it better be good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make an effort to watch. It. I'm gonna make an effort to watch it as well. Um, even if it's the type of thing where. I'll watch it on two nights or something. Yeah, I might, or I might start it like early Saturday afternoon so that I can take a break and then watch the rest of it in the evening or something like that. Um, now that it's coming right. out, I kind of wish they did do the mini series thing or they broke it into four four acts, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have all that stuff to chat about next week as well as all the telly and more of the games and, and all that other stuff. So thanks for listening, folks. Um, ChairShopPodcast.com, at ChairShopPod if you want to reach out. And we'll be back next week. So it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>